What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the episode of Bloke in a Bar. Do not forget, 6 p.m. next Monday, brand new Bloke jerseys are dropping, limited edition. Once these are gone, they're gone. They're $99 for pre-order. Once it gets past a certain date, they'll be $120. We're doing pre-orders to make sure you get them before Magic Round. Do not miss out, guys. We got hundreds of messages last year of people that wish they had have landed and got the first OG bloke jerseys. That is Monday, 6 p.m. Also, we would be doing a meet and greet at Magic Round at the Caxton Hotel on Saturday, most likely around 1 p.m. It would be myself, Guru, Timmy, Maddie, Tommy, Eddie, the whole crew at Caxton on Saturday around 1 p.m., but I'll confirm it closer to the date. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby! Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. And yes, the biggest news of the year, bloke jerseys. They drop next Monday at 6 p.m. Make sure to be there, guys. Uh, if you're currently watching on YouTube, you may be able to see what they look like. <laughs> if not, if you're listening via audio, they will be uh, revealed on Instagram and Facebook at 6 o'clock tonight. You'll see we've got some fantastic stars to wear them. Uh, but that 2023 bloke jerseys dropping next Monday, 6 p.m. The pre-order goes live. $99 for the pre-order. So if you get in early, you get it for $99. After a certain date, they're going to be $120. There is a limited amount. Once we sell through these, we are not releasing these designs again. So make sure, set aside the 99 bucks, Monday, 6 p.m. Do not miss it, guys. As you saw last year, Magic Round, there were bloke jerseys everywhere. So make sure, and honestly, the amount of messages I got from people after Magic Round saying, please let me buy the, the, uh, the bloke jersey, rah, rah. So don't be that guy or girl. Don't look at, at Magic Round going, oh, damn it, I should have bought it. Because they will not be these jerseys, these designs, will not be brought back. 2023 designs. I've got a 23 on the on the uh, arm here to show you that the 2023 designs. 99 bucks, so cheap as chips compared to other jerseys. On top of that, uh, they also, after a certain date, they'll be $120. Uh, you got Timmy looking absolutely immaculate in them. Takes a fair bit to make me look good, Kempi, but I reckon these have done it. So I, I don't give you credit very often, but could be some of your finest work. And my favourite thing about them, being the 2023 edition of the jerseys, is the 23 on the arm. Yep. Probably the most famous number in world sport. Michael yes. Jordan, obviously the late great Shane Warne. Yes. It is just... It's the GOAT number in world sport. Yep. So the fact that I just had limited edition one year of being the 23, it's my favourite touch to it. Mate, absolutely love it. Next Monday, 6pm, guys, make sure to set your alarms, get the missus to set your alarms, be ready to limit them out. <laughs> Once they are gone, they are gone, and we will not be doing these designs again. Also got some bloke Steedens as well left on the website. Uh, and just quickly, Morning Glory with Maddie Johns will be live this Friday at Rose Hill Racecourse. So I'm pretty sure you can come down. It's from 9 till 12 at Rose Hill Racecourse. Myself, Maddie, and Webby will be down there, and Benny the producer. Uh, and also make sure to grab a case of bloke beer for the footy this weekend. It's a beer for blokes that turn up. They turn up for their mates, their family, and good times. Beer for a bloke that turns up. Get into it. Uh, now, what a weekend of footy. Holy, holy hackers. <laughs> it's just... It does not stop. It does not quit. We've got a man absolutely beaming next to me. I won't say why, but first of all, massive congratulations to the great Gurino. Mm. One of the all-time weddings. It really was anything. It, it, was, it, it really was one of the great debuts. Yeah, I said all the chat of 
lady into it was, you know, this wedding could be anything, the Grignos wedding. And it was, lived up to the hype, absolutely delivered. And, I mean, we were there, we saw most of it, mate. We missed the service, the, the Sharks, Roosters pre-game show was on. So you, me and Maddie had to go outside and, and watch that one on the phone. But, no, nah, we, we obviously saw it all. It was it was a really special night. The guru, he welled up a little bit there, a couple of tears yeah. dropped. Yep. Nothing over the top, but they definitely welled up and, and he, he broke there for a little while, gave Ripper a speech. So man, I'm so happy for the big fella. Oh, how good was it to see the big fella? And I saw the first dance, the big fella can move. He's got some shit. Yeah, got a bit of footwork he? about him, the big fella. A bit of time spent on that. Far out. He'd, he'd be a big nut trucker with a bit of late footwork at the line, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing him move on the D floor. Uh, so massive congratulations to Guru and his wife. It was an incredible wedding. Um, and also another huge announcement. You may have seen the snippet from the interview with Jonathan Thurston, which is a, oh my God. Like I was sitting across from Thurston, him retelling that story, just going, I cannot believe how lucky I am that I get to hear this story from the great Jonathan Thurston. So basically, uh, we're, with, we're partnered with Channel 9. And what I mean by partnered, I don't mean partnered as in like they own bloke or whatever, rah, rah. What I mean by that is... They want us to promote Nine Now, and in exchange, we get to interview uh, their talent because talent with certain, you know, whether it's Fox, whether it's not, whatever, they can only do it with their usually who they work with. So we get we get access to all of the big dogs on Nine, absolutely incredibly. And all we have to say is go watch footy on Nine Now. It is the dream, guys, and it's all thanks to you's helping the, the community grow, helping bloke get bigger and bigger. Um, yeah, so as I said, if you're going to watch your footy, you can watch it for free on Nine Now streaming. Uh, and this week, they've got the Rabbitohs Panthers game, massive class on Nine Now. Eels Broncos, Tigers Manly, and Roosters Dragons, they stream free um, uh, this year on Nine Now. And it's more free NRL than ever in 2023. And there'll, so, be, there'll be a link in the podcast description and the YouTube description on how you can get there and stream for free. Absolutely. So if you. Uh, yeah, if you watch your footy on like your computer or even on your, um, th there should be an app on TVs or whatever, and you want to support bloke and show them, because basically the more people we get watching on Nine Now streaming uh, service, uh, the better the relationship is, the more access I get to the big dogs. Hopefully, with, like Joey, Billy, Freddie. You beat me to it. I was about to say that there's not much talent there to work with, is there? I'm only, <laughs> only basically every... If you listed the top 10 goats of rugby league of all time, they're all with uh, nine and nine now, aren't they? Wally, Wally Fatty. Yeah. So hopefully we can get sit down there throughout the year. Fatty's the big one. Oh. I'd please go to sit down with Oh, mate, with I'll do everything I can. I'd, everything I can. <laughs> so massive thank you to the guys over at... Guys and girls over at Nine Now um, for, for getting it done because it's a perfect... like. You guys already watch rugby league, so it's like all I got to do is go watch it at nine now, and that helps me, and that helps you get bigger, better guests on bloke. It's the perfect relationship. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm super excited. Huge games: Rabbitohs, Panthers, Eels, Bulldogs, Tigers, Manly, Roosters, Dragons, and you can watch them all for free on nine now. It's actually a good uh, streaming service as well in regards to quality <laughs> and uh, yeah, it streams. Just to put non -buffering. it buffering. Yeah, non buffering. Um, now also. Let's get on to it. Accountability. Brought to you by Sportsbet, guys. Rabbitohs defeat. The Dolphins, 36-14. $1.31, $3.50. We all went south. We all went south, so that's one. Sharkies defeat the Roosters. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I went Roosters. Guru went Sharks. Timmy went Sharks. Maddie went Roosters. Timmy's up. You beauty, good start. Now you could be getting a bit of a sniff for why this bloke is beaming <laughs> beside me. 
Ah, Manly defeat the Storm. <laughs> we all went Storm. Timmy went Manly. You beauty. He's three for three. It's a joke. I live and breathe Manly Seagulls, oh. mate. We spoke oh. about it, Kempi. You, you said the Storm were, were under... Under the odds, you thought they've got to, be, got to get more than this form. This is better. And I said, mate, the Battle of Brookie, she's a different beast, and Manly got up for it. <laughs> You're right. You're 100% right. The Battle <laughs> of Brookie is a different beast. Yeah. It's like two different teams turned up. Yeah. Uh, so we all went Storm. Timmy went Manly. Three for three. Warriors, Cowboys. I was the only one to go Cowboys. Everyone else went Warriors. I'm having a Barry Crocker. I'm having a Barry Crocker. Uh, Panthers, Knights. We all went Panthers. Very lucky to <sighs> skate away with that one. Broncos, Titans, we all went Broncos. Raiders, Dragons, we all went Raiders. Uh, Eels, Bulldogs, we all went Eels. Timmy goes eight for eight for the first time this year. Round of applause. What an effort. (laughs) Guru's getting married. You're going eight for eight. Can't be it. We're sort of getting to that point now with the tipping where it's like when we sit here and we run through our team of the weeks every week and we get to the front row position and we go... Do we put Payne Haas in? Because you can essentially just pick him every week. And we mm. said, no, we've got to change up and do something a bit different. We're at that point at tipping, I think, where it just goes, well, if I'm going to clean it up every week, let's just make it between you boys. <laughs> <laughs> put my tips to the side. Like, oh, I want to give someone else a go. Wow, wow. <laughs> One big win. He's already talking a big game. Holy. Oh, please, let's keep that in the vault. Because yep. then you come last like I did this week. Now, I will say, mm. Maddie, the absolute dog of a yeah, human this being. Is dog. This is dog as it comes. Like, <laughs> honestly, you're lucky you didn't get fired for this. <laughs> so, on this, so Guru got seven from eight. You know, great form from the Guru. But fuck him, he's not here and he's, he's <laughs> living his life. Um, Maddie has put, got six right. But, but the record will show. That on Friday, Packer Up Boys, he changed from Warriors to Cowboys and he should actually be five from yeah. eight like me. You absolute dog. You should never do that. If you ever do that again, you're Gonskis. That's it. Fair enough. It's, it's also a lesson to never change your tips. You never... You it's never karma, change. isn't it? It's, it's just... It, you deserve it. Yeah, I just you got the, the warrior karma. Yeah, I thought the warrior... i tell you what, at the start of the year, I said to myself as well, I'm going to back the Warriors every home game this year. And I, so I've gone against it twice. It, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll cop that on the team for sure. That was, that was a bad one. Dog. Maddie just giving him extra, an extra five days, team lists, late mail, all of that to work with around his tips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, honestly, tipping is outrageous. Mate, that's why I'm gloating because I know that next week I could be 0 from 8. And I'm like, you take your wins when you get them because they're few and far between with footy tipping. Seriously. It's like the more information you get, the worse you get. That's the other thing I'm like, because it was a week where there were a few upsets and I went really well. I'm like, oh, does this make me that, that office lady who cleans up <laughs> on a season where there's upsets yeah. everywhere? And you're like, she knows nothing about footy. Yeah. That's why she's winning. <laughs> um, also, as I said, brought to you by Sportsbet. Gamble responsibly always, guys. Only pump what you can afford. Uh, you win some, but you lose more. Some good facts from the weekend. Underdogs against the line, proving the way to go again in round seven. Five from eight, covering. Three of them winning the game and Newcastle going so close to one of the upsets of the year versus Penrith. Underdogs now covering at 58% against the line. Under, under total match points trends continues. Six from eight. 
going under, taking the season unders to 55%. Alex Trywatch didn't score a try against the bye, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, free pies, when he does score, is still on offer at the next Tigers game. Brought to you by the partners of Sportsbet. And as I said, guys, like... We've got big partners like Sportsbet, Nine, all that kind of stuff now, and that is all thanks to your support. We really, really appreciate it, and it gives us the ability to do... Like, if you go and watch that snippet with Thurston, like, we never would get that without these kind of partnerships, and so that's all thanks to you guys' support. We really appreciate the poor it. Old, the poor old Tigers faithful sitting there waiting for these free pies from Sportsbet. Twyla will probably score his try. Then the next home game, they'll take it to Darwin or something. That would be a very Tigers <laughs> thing. Um, so thank you, Sportsbet. Brought to you by Sportsbet. Um, powered by the best punting app in the game. We all know this. Uh, now let's get on to Team of the Week. As we said a few weeks ago, we've changed it up. So where we all talk and we think we come together as to what we thought the Team of the Week was. We had Walsh at fullback. Uh, special mention to Gutho and Turbo, in my opinion. We had Marju on the wing. Wow, he's going good. I mean, we knew he was this good. And he's def- look, his defence still has a little bit of a cleaning up to do. But, fuck, he's added a lot to that side. Yeah, mate. D- defence has a lot of work to do. But it's kind of like, you know what? If you let through two, just score three for us. And yeah. he's, like, he's like, all right, I'll <laughs> yeah, do that. Sweet. I'll do that. <laughs> Easy. Uh, Tomoko, three. Unbelievable. I thought he was a powerhouse there. Special mention to Campbell Graham. Um, at four, Bensini, one of his best games in my opinion. At five, Tautau Moga. Mm. How good was he? What mm. a beast. He's so strong. Wasn't, isn't that a good – we'll get to it more later, but great redemption story. Just yeah. with all the injuries that he's had in his career, when he scored that try, there was through no lack of effort from the Raiders. There was about five blokes around him and just muscled his way to the line. Crazy. Oof. When he was at the Broncos coming through, like mm. I was like, we, we might have a long-term big centre here and he unfortunately just struggled with injury. Uh, Cody Walker at six, absolutely electric. Nico Hines at seven. RCG, who apparently was in hospital during the week, and then he come oh, out and put that on. Out. Unbelievable. Uh, Braden Bailey at nine. Fodder Waker at 10. Olokowatu at 11. I mean, he had a good game, but that hit, holy <laughs> heckers. Um, and, you know, fair play, like, don't get me wrong, I want to celebrate the hit. The hit was so perfect, so beautiful. What about Olam running directly <laughs> straight at one of the biggest hitters in the comp? Like, we're, like let's show some love to Olam. Because I'm telling you right now, nine out of ten NRL players, NRL players, wouldn't run straight at Olakowatu. You're right, but at the same time, I reckon that's the first time in Olam's career that he's been sat in his ass. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so he's probably going, I'm bulletproof. And then Olakowatu steps up and goes, no, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> Mate, oh. massive, massive. What a hit. Oh. What a hit. And I, as I said, just both, like both of them refusing to take a backward step. Um, so I loved that from Olakawatu. <laughs> Early drama Early on the podcast. Um, Schmokey, Origin? What? Yeah? No? Maybe? Did he start? Yeah, I, I don't think even Schmokey anymore. Really? I, I think the big one would be, another we'll chat about later, but is just see how Angus Crichton returns. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's his spot, but if it takes a while for Crichton to get back to his best. There's a spot there. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did my team this morning just for, for the fun of it, and he's on my bench, especially now that unfortunately Colin Matungi's out for about six or six True. or eight weeks. So and also Liam Martin's reaggravated his hammy. Yeah. So I, I yeah, like Olakawatu okay. on the bench. Yep. At the very least, because you just go even if you don't bring him on an edge, bring him on in the middle and go, "Oi, bro, I need ten of the hardest runs you've ever done yeah. in your life. Just run fucking hard and straight. He'll create momentum." Uh, anyway, 
Uh, young, uh, to, I mean, what about the image? So he rakes the ball, scores a match winner essentially, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Locks the game away. Well, actually, it ended up being the match winner because they ended up scoring later yeah, on. Later. Uh, and he gets up. And he's celebrating and he's like puffing and there's like blood dripping down <laughs> his eye and you're just going, what an absolute battler. Uh, Harris, Tohu Harris at 13. Sean Johnson at 14. What about the revival? Jai Arrow at 15. Moale at 16. Tyson Frizzell at 17. Mm. That's our team of the week. Brought to you by Bloke Jersey dropping Monday 6pm and Bloke Beer. A beer for blokes that turn up. That's what Bloke's all about. It's about turn up for your mates, family and good times. Uh, also, store shout-outs, uh, Carrington Cellars, great community bottle shop in Newcastle selling bloke lager for $19 at a six-pack and midi for $18 a six-pack. Matt and his team are a great supporters of blokes, so get in, grab some bloke beer. Cherry Brook Celebrations, plenty of bloke beer in stock at, mo- at the moment and always selling for great prices. Porter's Hornsby Heights have just got bloke lager back in stock and are now arranging bloke midi. If you are in the area and keen to dry bloke, uh, try bloke midi, Get in and support Sean and his team. Kalani Vale Bottolo, one of our original stockists on the Central Coast, always ranging Bloke Lager, Bloke Mini for great prices. Dave and his friendly staff have been big supporters of Bloke, so get in and support them and grab some Bloke beer. Let's get into the rugby league, baby. <coughs> Rabbitohs defeat the Dolphins 36-14. Spoke a little bit about this in Packer Up, boys, but uh, that first half, I'm sitting there going... The Rabbitohs are absolutely not a premiership threat. Mm. Second, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with the Rabbitohs. I tried to stay strong. <laughs> I tried to stay strong with you boys. You know how much I love the players. You know how much I love the way they play. And then they come out in the second half and I'm like, I'm in love again. I'm in love. They can win the premiership. That, this is the way Rabbitohs play footy. Fast through the middle. Murray, uh, Cook, uh, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell. So... I'm back. I'm back on the road, Babado's back on the bandwagon. Uh, and I thought Dolphins were incredibly gutsy, incredibly gutsy. And I think they've absolutely proven that it's more than emotion. It's standards that they've set themselves. What did you think of this game, Timmy? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the old cliche, mate, game of two halves. The Dolphins led at halftime and they were, they were more than right in this game. They were looking like they could have potentially gone on and won it. The, the Kenny Bromwich Simbin was such a pivotal moment of this game. The Bunny scored three tries in the 10 minutes that he was off the field and blew the game out of the way. So if you like, if you hadn't seen the, the game and you saw the score, you'd be like, oh, dominant the Bunnies. But that was such a substantial one. The Bunnies, I think, are better than any team at getting on top of a side that is down a number because they're, you know, when they're on probably the best attacking movement in the competition, their ability to strip numbers. So when they're already a man down, you just don't stand a chance against the Bunnies. Mm. And while I look at that and go, they were aided by that, there's a lot of Simbins in the game in the current era, so when the Bunnies can hit you that hard with a bloke down, oh, Yeah, big. absolutely. The, I mean, the penalty was... Oh, it was silly, Kenny Romich. Like, I understand what he was trying to do for sure. Like, he's trying to put on a big hit or whatever, but you've got to at least, like... Time it a little bit better. I mean, he's a he's a pro. He's done it a million times. He's he's landed that shot. How many weeks did he end up getting? One to two. I like that. Yeah, mm. I think that's I, fine. The, what I was worried about with that is, yes, okay, his shoulder made contact with the head. The thing I was worried though is that the optics of it looked really bad. So I was worried that the NRL oh. match review were going to go, oh wow, tackled without the ball in their head, not looking rah rah. I was worried they were going to go like three or four weaker. 
What do you think about the uh, penalty? Yeah, you don't know at times with those high shots if they're going to go, yeah, one to two, it happens, mm. decent enough record, or, or they're going to go, throw the book in five mm. to six weeks, make a statement. Mm. I mean, they did it a month ago with Kafusi, So maybe off the back of that, like, we've got to lighten up on yeah. them a little bit. But um, with <clears> one to two weeks is fine. I, I know why they go hard on particularly head highs and that sort of stuff. We speak about it countless times on the podcast, but there are times when players get three, four, five weeks and I just think, come on, like that's a long time to rub a player out. So one yep. to two is perfectly fine by me. I, I thought it was pretty obvious, I think everyone agrees, that it was just terribly, terribly mistimed. There was 0% malice. It was just a tackle gone wrong. So if there was any malice, yeah, sure, suspended for three weeks, but one week, he'll take the play, I'm sure. One week's perfect. Yeah. It just looked so dramatic. Mm. Like when it happened, mm. I was like, holy, <laughs> whoa, whoa, dude. And it was worth a sin bin as well. So I think- Yeah, yeah. it was worth a sin bin. It, it was worth a sin bin. Um, and we'll be getting into some sin bins. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God, bro. What is going on? Seriously, what is going on? Um, okay, let's talk about the Rabbitohs. So as I said, they come out first half and they start playing the Dolphins game and we're going, oh, like- it's, it's just, with, with a team as strong as the Rabbitohs, you go, how do you get sucked into this yeah. when you know you know the way to play? You know the way to play. You know exactly what works. You know that when you play Rabbitohs style of footy, no one can go with you. I don't know what Demetrio said at halftime, but they came out and that was the Rabbitohs that, that I, uh, you know, I thought was fantastic. Cody Walker, like, he is just... I feel like we say it every week. So I'll talk about him quickly, then I'll get to some unsung heroes. But Cody Walker's, he's got to be, now he's not a goat in regards to like what he's achieved in his career. When you're talking about ball skill and the reading of a game and the intelligence on a footy field, he's got to be up there with the greats, surely. Yeah, and just beautiful to watch. Yeah. You know, we, we often speak about these the players that are on the sweep and they have the the 3v2 and making the right option and he just gets it right every single time. His cut ball is just so, such a thing of beauty. Yeah. He's absolutely humming at the moment is he? And statistically speaking, like be beautiful to the eye but statistically speaking season after season after season at the moment, tries his line breakers is mm. he's just racking them up. I just I'm trying to think of a player that had such an ability over such a long period of time to pick and create space for people around mm. him. Like he creates, he's so deceptive with everything that he does. To, to create a line break assist as much as he does, it's like, I just, how good would it be just to be in his brain for a second? Like, what is he looking at? Is he looking at players' hips? Is he looking at their shoulders? Is he looking at their eyes? Is it just natural feel? Like, what is he looking at to see that? It's a great question, isn't it? Yeah. Because you know a lot of the better halves in the game when they're going and going to line and trying to square up and wait for blokes to tie in, they're looking at hips. Mm. And the second those hips turn in, they go, got ya. Mm. Bang, play out the back. Probably that, but a lot of it's just got to be down to feel, doesn't oh, it? Oh, and, he, and he's just, he's smart. He's intelligence <laughs> to identify, okay, this edge here tends to jam in. This edge here tends to slide. Or like, you know, I just—it's amazing. It is really amazing. Um, so yeah, I just cannot give Cody Walker's. I, I, I challenge anyone in regards to watching. If you were to go over his highlights of all the tries he's created, I'd argue that he's as good as anyone with the footy in hand. I really would. Like, like put it this way: the pinnacle of rugby league, in my opinion was 2005 Andrew Johns. That, I think that is the greatest mm. 
like half game of football you could see where where you are creating space around you you knowing when to look right hit left i mean what was it was it the badiris where he was he ran that way came back in hit back in the ruck and it was almost just like he's yeah. taking the piss now yeah. like he always <laughs> taking the piss um and that one i remember if you go back like two tackles he tries it and queensland get him he's like fuck it i'll just do it again did the exact same play and oh. again they scored and that's such footy intelligence you know what i mean to go it's almost like calling their bluff going you won't pull that up again. Like, I'm just going to go back because you're the least time you're going to expect it. And, um, and so I'm saying that's the pinnacle. So I'm not saying that, like, Cody Walker is there all the time at all. I'm just saying, though, that that kind of beauty on a footy field, you see at a regular basis. Not to that level, but that kind of beauty where you're going, he's just tearing teams, like, pulling teams apart. Freak. Absolute freak. What do you think of the uh, Rabbitohs, Matty? Yeah, basically, as you said, game of two halves. But I thought... I, like, I want to give credit to the Dolphins. I thought South, I thought they really dragged South in um, to their style of play in the first half. Like, South didn't, there was pretty much no errors in the first half. South had a fair, fair amount of possession, a fair amount of ball. They just couldn't get out of their end. I thought the Dolphins were, were quite tough. The only thing I'll say about South, and probably the only negative, is um, defending kicks has been a bit, of a bit of a problem in the last few weeks. Like, Credit to Tane Milne, he bounced back immediately from this, which was fantastic. But uh, he drops a, the first bomb, they score. Early in the second half, I can't remember who it was, it wasn't Tane, it was someone else, um, dropped a kick. Luckily the Dol- or luckily for South, the Dolphins um, butchered it and didn't score. So that's something South just got to clean up a little bit. Um, but then as soon as, they, as soon as that happened and they turned it on, they're just unstoppable Rabbitohs. It's, it's crazy. I'm so intrigued to see how they go this week against Penrith because... Two weeks ago, before these two big wins, you know, we had our reservations. They'd had a tough draw early on, won a couple, lost a couple. But the last two weeks, as I said, and I was only one Simbin and, and good luck to them for doing the damage they did, but that game could have gone either way for, for a large period up into that 60th minute Simbin when the, the game turned on its head. The week before, we had the Doggies. Doggies had a stack of injuries. They were coming off the five-day turnaround. It was just everything was up against them. Penrith Panthers this week, Thursday night, I think we see where the bunnies are at. Yeah, because it's an angry Penrith Panthers yeah. too. And a really kind of pissed off Penrith Panthers who've just come off like like I, I'm not I don't want to disrespect Knights because I think that Knights brought this out in them, mm. but I don't think Penrith are gonna allow a team to do what the Knights did to them again, kind of thing. Yeah, even if they don't like <clears throat> Penrith w- winning by a point is like them losing a game. They're just like, <laughs> no, if we're not blow like we're we're so dominant. We don't even get close to losing games. Being that poor team to come up against Penrith after a loss or, or a down performance, yep. uh, it, it sucks. Yeah. And to be clear, I think a lot of it had to do with how incredibly gutsy the Knights were. Big time. Um, but we'll get to that game. We'll get to that game. Mm. So I just looked at the – I just did some maths while you were talking about Cody Walker. So this is his last five years. Played 105 games. He scored 61 tries. <laughs> 98 try assists. And 106 line break assists. And two, two, two of those years were before the rules all changed. So so how many games? 105. And he's had how many line break assists? 106. <laughs> but even more than a try every two games for a half, that's pretty crazy. That's insane. Yeah. And then how many try assists, sorry? So 98 try assists and 61 tries. So that's... Like 160 yeah, 100. try involvements mm. in 105 games. 
That's cr- that's crazy. So you're basically guaranteed one and a half try involvement a game from Cody Walker. If you added, let's say you took half of the line break assists that eventuated in tries, you're guaranteed pretty much two try involvements a game. Yeah, freak. Un- like, <laughs> that is unbelievable. And <clears throat> I would argue, although the Rabbitohs roster has been strong, strong, we're not talking about like a Roosters roster or a Penrith like that. The, 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 I mean, Penrith have turned into that roster. They know, they weren't always like that. But you know what I'm saying? Like the the Rabbitohs for a period there, like <clears throat> their forward pack could use an extra player or two. Their outside backs could have used an extra player or two. Mm. Uh, you know, so that's just amazing. That is just amazing. Uh, next guy I want to talk about um, two guys: Jai Arrow, but Davy is it Davy or Dubby? Because it's D-A-V-V-I. Anyway. I think Davey. Davey. Moali, he was – this is this is where I saw the – I mean, I'd seen his potential before, but this is where I saw, oh, wow, this guy could really – you know, if when Tom Burgess moves on, I think that there's a world where – Greg Garino would say <laughs> – there is a world where, and also I would say, <laughs> Totola and him could replace the hole that Tom will leave. This is the first time I saw Moali as that guy. I thought he was outstanding, super hard to tackle, always found his front, big, big body, and he was moving way better than a few weeks ago because he did his knee, I think, before the Penrith game, but they were so down on troops mm. that he played. I thought Moali was absolutely fantastic. In 54 minutes, 17 runs, 177 metres. Yeah. 71 post-contact, um, 28 tackles. It baffles me why earlier on in the season when they did have the middle injury crisis that he hadn't played more minutes. Mm. And uh, it wasn't even a case of like, all right, they're easing him into the top grades. Like, they were so depleted in games and he still couldn't get minutes. So yeah. well, he was injured. Yeah. He was playing injured. Yeah, okay. So maybe he's just back to full fitness or something. Because, like, is that correct, Matty? Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he like, was. So he wouldn't have even played at all um, mm. if they had their. Yeah. I remember players. the Penrith game. Yeah. Where, where he did it early on and had to come back on the field because yeah. they were so shot. And no yet, but I was so happy for the Bunnies to see their middle stand up because they have had the injury crisis mm. there this season. Like, Jai Arrow, who you touched on before, Campy, first came back from injury, <laughs> 61 minutes, 180 metres, 68 post-contact, six tackle breaks, mm. 34 tackles. Harm Sele, played 36 minutes, 10 runs for 130 metres, 48 post-contact. Like... <laughs> They can keep some of these troops on the field and these middles and get more minutes into them, match fitness. Like, we know what the back... We know what the back line's done without a forward pack. Mm. With a forward pack, oh boy. It's going to be seriously, seriously scary. So, uh, yeah, Jai Arrow, isn't he an interesting one? Because I think a lot of people forget, and as I said, I spoke it on Packer Up Boys, but he, when he signed, there was an argument as to who will be 13, Kim Mario Jairo, mm. because he was the big dog at the Titans, running for 200 plus meters every week, killing it, getting through so much work, and and because he came came into a, like a star-studded team, he kind of got not not left behind because he's continued to play footy, but he just didn't get his name put in the spotlight as much because he's in a star-studded team. Whereas when he was at the Titans, it was all the Jairo show, and I just think that on the weekend it showed you that. There's a reason he is an origin top-tier player. Coming on and doing that in your first game back, that's massive. And he, I think, as I said, all the spotlight was on him at the Titans. He was coming through. And he had like a – and he still got it, but probably just doesn't go to it as often, but a really effective offload. And early on in his career at the Titans, produced a few attacking stats here and there, and you're like, 
this bloke, the sky's the limit for him. I think we've seen now that listen, he's a Queensland Maroons origin player that is just tough as nails, works his ass off. But every single game, you know what you're going to get for him. So, oh, like when he came down, I thought they were going to be forced to probably move Murray to the edge. Yeah. And they're like, they moved him to the edge. Yeah. And he's not. He's like, he does a job there, but he's a middle. Yeah, I think he's. Oh, it's, it's tough. Like, I don't think he's. Well, usually I'm like, I'm not sure about him in the front row because mm. of his size. But then on the weekend, I was like, maybe he's the perfect front row for today's game. Yeah. You know, you look at guys like Cotter, and he's obviously bigger than Cotter. You know, and maybe there is a, there is space now. Whereas I think a few years ago when they kept trying to... He even played Origin in the front row a little bit. And he ripped and teared and went okay, but he just didn't have that extra size yeah. to bend the line. Whereas I think now maybe with the game sped up, he might suit front row perfectly. Gets through a bunch of work, super aggressive. Um, It'll be interesting to see <clears throat> the team list tomorrow, now that Colin Matangi's out, if they will play him on an edge. Back I think they play him on an edge. I think they will have to, won't yeah. they? Like, particularly with the boys you just mentioned through the middle that had been so good, Moali and Sally, I reckon you'll have to go back to an edge. Yep. Um, speaking of Keon, six to eight weeks. Oh, oh yes, Devo. He was playing so consistently too. Like, really was in the mix for Origin. And then, boom, six to eight weeks. Just so unlucky. It's so underrated as well. Like, his late footwork just before... <laughs> He makes he hits contact with the ball in hand, like imagine that, like he's so massive, and if he runs at you, he every chance of running over you. But then you got to worry about late footwork as well. He's such a good player, yeah, and he's consistent too. Like mm. it's not like he has one good game every four. He he's almost a victim of his own consistency. Because when you go back and you look at his stats, you go, holy shit, he ran for 150 metres and made 30 tackles and missed one maybe. Um, and we look at the we've said last few weeks. Stunning how good the Bunnies' right edge has been. And we, we talk about how good Campbell Graham's been out there, Cody sweeping out there, Lockie Ellis has been really handy. But the impact of that hard line running back row that's tying in defenders, who mm. is it? It's Keon. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, anyone else that stood out for you, boys? Uh, all good, mate. All good. Just stoked that um, as you, you're similar with Brisbane, like a lot, playing well, but a lot of errors this year. South are the second most errors in the NRL. Just great to see it clean game like i think that was three errors at the end but like they were about 90 percent for 75 minutes of the game so real positive there and that's where i think with like teams like rabbitos and broncos and i think we saw it with the eels to a degree as well i know they're facing an understrength doggy side but like high completion you're not going to get your points early the points come in the second half and so i think like teams get impatient when they, when they try to play a high completion game and they're not scoring points early in the game, they start getting impatient. It's not going to come in the first half. You, the points just come pouring on in the second half when there's fatigue, when yeah. everything falls apart. Um, and we, I guess we saw that a bit with the Dolphins in regards to, even though the Dolphins were ahead, but the Rabbitohs at least had kept themselves in the game and fatigued the Dolphins enough to open the floodgates towards the end. Um, so, yeah, great Good, good win from the Rabbitohs. Obviously, a game of two halves in regards to performance and execution, but a win's a win. And I also think that Dolphins beating the Dolphins is much more valuable now than it would have mm. been round one. You know, round one be like, oh yeah, they're new in the comp, mm. and you know they didn't recruit big, rah rah, all the reasons. Whereas like round six or seven, you go beating the Dolphins is it's not an easy feat at all. They're one of the harder teams to beat in the comp because they just hang in there. Just on that game of two halves thing. Rabbitohs, Dolphins, Sharks, Roosters, Knights, Panthers, Titans, Bronx, 
and Canberra Ra- Canberra Dragons, the team that was losing at halftime end up winning wow. five out of, five out of eight games. Oh, right That's out. mad. That is so good, so good. Uh, now onto the Dolphins. Incredible first half. Incredible first half. I, I really thought that they 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 brought the Rabbitohs into their game. Um, you know, I thought that they were once again proving, even though they're on their what third string. <laughs> six or seven mm. but two things the kenny bromwich 10 in the bin it just kind of broke them yeah. but also when you look at the tries you go okay that crazy deflection off asako's leg where it bounces back in you know rah rah uh and so like that's just pure luck cody walker crazy ball and latrell mitchell pure strength and so what i the reason why i bring that up is that Although it could feel quite disappointing as a Dolphins fan losing, you know, 36 points scored on you, when it's Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker that do something brilliant, it's kind of like that's just the difference between the rosters right yeah. now. When they turn it on, what, what, what do you expect? You know, if, if Latrell and Cody were on the Dolphins side, Dolphins probably go on and, you know, fucking do what they did. And so I wouldn't be too disappointed. Like, obviously, you never want to leak 36 points. You never do. But I wouldn't focus. I wouldn't say that the playing roster played really, really poorly. I would just more say when the Rabbitohs roster, who is way more established, play way more footy together, click together, very hard to go with them. Yeah. When they're on, they're the hardest team to comp to defend. Yeah, yeah. And when you're doing that with 12 blokes, they're near impossible to defend. Mm. So I wouldn't be too disheartened if, at all if I was the Dolphins. They can take so much out of this game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially the first half. Like they were up what fourteen eight or some shit like that. I think it's fourteen six, yeah. Fourteen six, so like yeah. that's cool. And you look at the halves and, and how far. How about the career? How far ahead is this going to put Isaiah Katoa in his career, having to spearhead this side? Is he what still eighteen or nineteen maybe now? Yep, nineteen. Katoa, but like mm. I really like Cody Nickram as a footballer. I always have. I think he's got so much to offer, but. With the size of Cody and the size of Isaiah Katara and their halves, they're just such easy targets for, for opposition sides to go at. It's lucky that they've now got the two, uh, Bromwich and, and Kafusi being the two best, you know, two of the best edge defenders in the NRL. Yep. On their inside defensively. But, you know, they've lost Kafusi. Yep. They lost Kenny for a period there. So it's a big job for them. Oh, Oof. massive. So I think Kafusi's back this week. Yeah, he's back. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, I mean, Gilbert, I thought, had another great game. Far out, he got through some work. I mean, he missed a few tackles, but I just love his attitude. Like, mm. I just love that he rips and tears. He's, he's what the Dolphins are all about. Um, and, yeah, you could tell that the, the Rabbitohs were definitely heading towards Katoa and trying to hit on Nicarima quite a lot. Although I actually thought Nicarima had some – Nicarima, sorry – had some good moments. Early on in the first half, some terrific yeah, touches. Yeah, really, really good moments. We're going, wow, like this is the Nicarimo that we, we know. Um, I thought you and Aiken got through a bunch of work, like a, like had a really good solid game. He's having a big year. He really is. And he's, I think he's flying under the radar. Yeah. With Hammer playing so well, and then you've got Osaka also, you know, doing what he's doing in that outside backs. I don't think you and Aiken's getting the credit that he deserves, but he usually matches up really strongly against whoever he's playing with. And he gets through a mountain of work. Oh. A mountain of work. One of the best defensive centres in the NRL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Marky Nichols, come on, did a job. 
41 minutes, 123 metres, 51 post contact, 28 tackles, zero misses. Jeremy Marshall King, our boy. Far out, he's improving. It's just, and I know he improved at the, the Bulldogs. So we always have to remember he was already heading towards this direction, mm. but he really is just like, every time he plays, he's impacting games. He, he's not just a, you know, he's becoming more than just a first grade number nine. He's becoming a nine that other teams have to do tape on. Other mm. teams have to worry about, um, which is incredible because it's what, three years ago, he wasn't even, he was a half, I'm pretty sure, or six or a utility at least. Mm. And now he's just game is just going from strength to strength to strength. I think he came through originally as a seven, didn't he? Then at the Doggies, they sort of played him as a utility off the bench and where he was getting his minutes there was coming on at hooker. Mm. Um, so he's still learning the role. Yeah, it's incredible. So can't wait to see him continue to um, flourish. And I think for, for New Zealand, it's really good because you can go, okay, we've got cheese in... Jeremy Marshall King. How good's the one-two punch there going to be? It's unbelievable. And you can go, we don't have to stress out about cheese gassing. Mm. Hopefully, Michael McGuire learns the, the you know mistake that they made of yeah. leaving out too long. And you just go, bang, bang, JMK. And, oh, oh, man. That is dangerous around the middle. Uh, what about, what do you think of the Dolphins, mate? Yeah, again, <clears throat> first half was great. You mentioned Marky Nichols. Between him and Jesse Bromwich in the middle, I think they made about 70 tackles together and, and missed one. Je- Jesse made... 41 miss one as you said tom gilbert missed a couple of tackles but he, he worked hard in the middle as well they were they were really tough the dolphins and yeah I, as you said the the squad difference is probably what what the difference was in the end and obviously the the bromwich sin bin it's just it's so as we said on friday it's so lucky that um felice kafusi coming back next week because if they were missing him as well as kenny bromwich uh they'd be in a lot of trouble but yeah, I, I'm seriously. If I was a Dolphins fan, I'd be so proud of them this year. They're they're just gritty as. I think like, and what's really uh, exciting for the Dolphins if they keep playing like this, mm. they'll be able to recruit a superstar. Mm. Imagine this team with Munster in it, Jackie White and sorry, bro. Uh, <laughs> you know, whoever it is, like just some gun seven or six uh, to partner Katoa, like or. I mean, even okay. Let's say they all were fit, stayed fit for the year. I so at the start of the year, I was like, no, there's no, I there's no way I see them making the eight. Like I, I can see them, you know, challenging around the ten or whatever. I honestly think if they all stayed fit, one to seventeen, similar to what Penrith have been able to do for a while now. Yeah, they've had a few injuries here or there, but just generally speaking, I genuinely believe they challenge for the eight this year. Mm. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. Yep, and, like, and I'm with you. I, that was on my ladder to start of the year. That was 16th out of 17. Yeah. So. And so I'm not saying to like put them definitely in the eight. I'm just saying they would have been around that eight to 10, kind of like the, the Dragons to a degree for the last couple of years where you're like, fuck, they, if they had picked up one or two more games here or there, they could have just snuck into that eight yeah. position. That's how far I think they've come in such a short span of time. And they've, they've weirdly only not been in one game this year. And that game was against the Dragons. Yeah, I know, for all of the games. Every other game this year, they've been well they in. have Sean O'Sullivan went off in-game for that one? I think I think Sean O'Sullivan was out and Milf went out. Milford yeah, was out in-game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, yep, yep. So, yeah, um, so, yeah, so good. Incredible, incredible. So, yep, do not be disheartened uh, at all, Dolphins fans. Outstanding. Now, Sharkies versus Roosters. Oh, man, what a win for the Sharkies. Talking about defence, defence, defence. They get the job done. Nico Hines. 
Nico Hines. The man. He is the man. He, he is truly the man. It is shocking how many times now over the last X amount of years he impacts big games. And he's just so smooth with it. Like it just... I don't get it. I don't understand. It's like the defense know he's coming. He doesn't look like he's, you know, you're watching Mitchell Moses and you're like, Mitchell Moses is quick. Whereas you look at Nico Hines, he kind of glides slowly, mm. but he mm. just moves past him every time. There's a few players in the NRL and, and any players I've ever spoken to ask questions about what makes this player special, this player special. And and a few of them, and Tom Trebojevic, even probably a bit earlier on in his career where he was just, no one could touch him, particularly mm. that 2021 20, season. Oh. And you're like... You know, he's got the big rangy stride on him and that, but he doesn't look like he's lightning, but people couldn't get a hand on him. And they mm. said, it's just so deceptive. And no matter how prepared you are for him, you position yourself on them like you would any other defender, yeah. uh, attacker. They just go whack, whack, and they're partial. And Nico's the same. And yeah. that's what players say. They're like, he doesn't look lightning quick, but you blink and he's gone. Mm. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's moved so well. And it's like, because he has that extra... extra uh, part of his game that that's why he also is so good at triceps because like you know normal halves when you're sitting there as a seven you go i don't have to worry about him busting through the tackle i don't have to worry about him mm. gassing me with nico you've got to worry about a guy that's got ball running as good as a fullback oh. ball playing as good as you know as silky as your better sevens and he's also a bigger body it is just like it's, it's so, yeah, you're, as far as like well-rounded halves so well-rounded plays but certainly well-rounded halves it's him and cleary it really like he is and he's just going to get better and better yep. and better it's we are just seeing the beginning of his game you know like for example how much kicking do you think he's done in his whole career because like he didn't come in i'm pretty sure he, at the at the most he was a six but i think he was a fullback for sunshine could you check that for us yep. for the falcons i'm pretty sure he's a fullback mm. so it's like how much in-game experience does this bloke have as a seven? It's like pretty minimal, pretty minimal. Unless his junior career, he was a seven. But put it this way, everyone forgets when he came to the Sharkies, no one was talking about him seven. They were saying six or maybe one if you move Will Kennedy. But Will Kennedy had such a good year that they were like, all right, well, you've got to have to put him at six. And Trindle will go to seven. And then he comes and he becomes the seven and kills it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's it with the... Like Talk about impacting big games. Sure, you can you can score well and, and rack up all these attacking stats, but in terms of in-season, like regular season games, it doesn't get much bigger than, you know, the bye last week, the week before that, they had that gut-wrenching loss to the Warriors mm. where they faded in the second half, come up against the Roosters, who the Roosters had won, I think, seven on the trot against the Sharks. You're down at halftime, coming off that horrible second half last time around, use not single-handedly but almost single-handedly steps up and wins the game against the sydney roosters it's, like oh, it doesn't get much bigger than that as a regular season it match. really does and, and a rooster's desperate to find yeah. some form the roosters completed nearly at 90 percent wow 88 mm. percent um the only difference was that um the, the sharkies had 51 total sets compared to the roosters so the, the, the sharkies completed nine um 76 they had 39 sets completed and the roosters had 30 percent completed so like their ability just to keep the ball away from them was just i've got them like such genuine premiership contenders like penrith are clearly still far and away the best at the moment but there's a few cracks appearing not bloody many as i mind you but mm. but the sharkies 
they've got a few defensive issues to work out, but it's a long season. Their attack is just so in sync. And as you said, Kempi, Miko being at the forefront of that, who missed the first, what, three or four rounds of the season when they had a few struggles, he's only going to get, a be- get better at halfback. Their yep. combinations are only going to get better. We speak about it all the time, but their depth is unbelievable. Like, they lost this week Rudolph. They lost Dale Finucane, both for extended stints. New blokes come in, do a great job for them. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I can see them going very, very deep this year. It just all, – all the – all they need to worry about is their defence. Yeah. Like, they just need to make sure they stay on top of their defence in big games, um, and they'll sort it. Like, they really will challenge all all the way, all the way. Just, um, on, just on Nico, sorry. It, I've clicked on about 10, 12 random games. He was f- fullback for most of them and was halfback in a couple of them. So he floated around, probably mostly fullback. Uh, but that's only gone off about 10, 10 or so Nico games. Nico and Matty Moylan's ability to interchange between left and right without the, ta- the attack being stunted at all. <coughs> blows my mind every week how good they do it. Mm. Love mm. it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I do think that, like, Matty Moylan is, like, he, he is, without Nico, he really struggles. I, I really do mm. think that, not, not that he really struggles, like, he's in an role player and he's had a great career or whatever, but I do think that, like, he is ying to Hines' yeah. yang. Like, I, if there was another seven there, I just don't know whether they would sink as well as they do. Whereas it just seems for some reason when Nico plays, Matty Moylan just, he just plays well, plays well. So, um, so yeah, great win from the Sharkies. Uh, Nikorda, again, another solid game. Uh, anyone else? Cam McInnes, fuck, he gets through some work. I, I liked him at 13, I really did. Um, 106 metres, 40 tackles, only one miss. C for running for his casual oh. 212 metres, 92 post contact. Like, yeah, another night out for him. Yeah. Quiet season for him. He's just punching that. Yeah, but also, how scary is it that you see his little grubber that he put in? That, <laughs> that I think it forced it. It was. He has all the running and all, all that, and now he's got a little kick to his game. He's he's a scary prospect. He had 92 post contact metres as a centre. Fuck. <laughs> If he can do that every week, like, seriously. And it's, again, it's what, second year as a centre? He was a wide running forward. Um, yeah, so what a what a great win for the Sharkies. It really, it the confidence they can get from that is just so much because they can go through the rest of the year now going, all right, we've proven we can keep a team like the Roosters to 12. Like, that is not an easy feat. Not an easy feat at all. Um Anyone else stand out for you? Uh, all good there, mate. Oh, I thought uh, Hamlin Wele had some really good moments as well. He took that quick tap, which didn't lead to a try, led to a penalty, but it was a good good play. And he had a really good run. That late at, line break. The, the, late, the late line break, yeah. he's. I know he got injured last year. Before his injury, he was just unstoppable. He's, he's now getting back to that form. Well, I, I think I think they scored the next play. He made that bus late on in the yeah, game. Yeah. And then Modern Nicola scored straight off the back of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he was he was great. Uh, Blake Braley thought he's probably his best game this year. Hmm. Really, really good try, try assist. Um, you know, got through a, a mountain of work. He's just such a good player to have at your club because you know he's not going to break the bank. He's not going to Blake the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Go home, Campy. <laughs> he's not going to Blake the bank. That's really hard to say. <laughs> Blank. He's not going to Blake the bank. He's <laughs> oh. not going to break the bank But He delivers Extremely high quality Service He's still Relatively young Can you get his age I think it's like 22, 23 So he's got Ages to, to, to Get better On top of that Like this 
Spine is relatively new together. They've essentially had one season together. He's just going to get... He's 24, so he's still young as mm. in that nine position. And he's a guy that you can really keep... Like, it's so important, as we said, we always talk about combinations, but the longer you keep that nine there, the better it is for oh. the club because you just build around it. You know what you're going to get. You know what he delivers. You know where to be, the passing, the timing, everything. So, yeah, I thought... Um, I definitely thought... Uh, Brayley had probably... He's small as well, Brayley. Not, not the biggest... Not the and biggest. to go 80 minutes every week and, like, you never really sit there and go defensive deficiencies or yeah. anything like, man, he's a tough little unit. Fucking so tough. Um, a few negatives. I do think that, that Teague, Wilton, Moylan side in defence just a little bit uh, worrisome at times. Now, it may be, again, because of a new combination. You know, we're massive fans of a guy like Wilton, so hopefully they can sort that out because if they can, like, in attack, he ran for 148 metres, three tackle breaks, a line break. But, yeah, just that edge of defence, I just just think they need to clean that up a little bit. It's very vulnerable. Mm. Teague's missing a lot of tackles and, unfortunately, a couple of key ones. And even Nico, mate, he's he has, a, has had a few this season mm. and last year where he has been, you know, caught out of position... But again, for a bloke who's played primarily at the back in his career, mm. it's a big thing coming in the defensive line. So uh, it'll come, but it is certainly, it's a concern. But the good thing is, kept him to 12. Um, that's kind of only a little nitpick right yep. now. Uh, now, onto the Roosters. Uh, man, you know, just discipline, man. So like, bad. It's just, unfortunately, because, like, I don't know... I just, it's not like they're a bunch of, they're definitely not dirty players. You know, like you've got Hargreaves, obviously, is, a, is the enforcer. You've got Radley, who is, oh, okay, hyper-aggressive. But the rest of these players, like, so I don't, under, it's, it's just confusing to me that the, the discipline is so poor. Like, are they, are they too aggressive for rugby league today? Like, is that the thing? Like, if, it, if we took this team and we put them in 2010, would they be sweet? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We had a good convo, Kempi, at the wedding the other night while this game was going on, and, and I think there'd been the early Sinbin to, to Nat Butcher. We were talking about the Roosters and Radley in particular about how we, we, I think we use, and we've said it timelessly over and over again, that this excuse, like, you don't want to take the aggression out of them. They need to be enforcers. That's their natural ability when you look at someone like Cheese or Radley or whoever it might be, or Warrior Hargreaves. Like, at what point do you get to where you go, no, no, you have to change something in your game and, and reduce some of the aggression because they're losing games because they're getting so many sin bins to their name. Like, they had 14 penalties. Yeah, 14. And like, and 10 minutes after you had this conversation, Cheese got three binned, Rad- Radley got binned, and they lost the game 22-12. Mm. Three sin bins <clears throat> to none. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty damn good effort. But yeah. even before that, just giving away stupid penalties, the discipline is really poor. For someone like Trent Robinson, who's one of the best thinkers in the game, one of the best coaches in the game, it, something has to change, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, are they, as I said, are they too aggressive? Like, is, has the game yes, moved past I think that, they are too aggressive. Yeah, like, unf- I, I, I think that there may be a case for the game has just moved past that kind of footy. Mm. Because, you know, you even go back to the Rabbitohs, final and the Rabbitohs play their part and 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 to Trent Robertson's credit he took responsibility in regards to he said we lost our heads out yeah. there but like it just seems like a bit of a recurring theme right now at the Roosters where they're just hyper aggressive <clears throat> and as I said like 
yesteryear, that was, that's what rugby league was all about. Like that was what rugby league is all about. But I just, I think in today's game, unfortunately, you just can't do it. Like, and can be, the Simbins are doing my head in this year. I think there's been oh way too many God. of them. But on the same account, we know why the, the NRL are doing it. They're trying to protect players long-term, whether it be their heads or you know the dangerous hip drop tackles, whatever yep. it is. They're not going to change their tune. Mm. So your side has to adapt accordingly. Yeah. Because it's all good and well to say, you know, the game's going soft and uh, they're going too harsh on like little elbows that slip up or whatever it might be. But there'll be teams out there who, and Melbourne will be one of them, who will adjust and say, we'll change our ta- tackle technique to make sure we're not getting Simmons, to make sure we've got our full allotment of players on the field at all times. Mm. And they'll be the ones in the grand final at the end of the season. And mm. sides... The Roosters in that semi final last year capitulated with all these simbins as a result of aggression. So they could have won the comp. Yeah, like they were on. They absolutely could have won the comp. And that one game yeah. where they just went absolutely crazy. And as a as a fan, I'm I'm loving the drama. Like I'm loving oh. it. I'm going. This is fuck. This is the best. This is craziness. But as if you're internally there, you're going. We just cost ourselves a prelim. I love the aggression. I think at times the game's definitely going too soft. I think there's too many simbins, but. The NRL don't think that, and they're not going to change, yeah. so you have to change. And at the end of the day, what are you there to do? You're there to win footy exactly. matches. And so, yeah, I agree with you too, mate. Like, I, I definitely think the game is refing far too much on optics for people that don't know rugby league, but that's the decision the game's made. So, unfortunately, you've just got to capitulate and go, oh, all right, oh, well, you know. Just fold, fold to the, bend down to their will. Yeah. And, and I've said it the last seven weeks, and I'll say it the next 20 weeks, but... Five-minute Simbin. Like, we saw the Dolphins almost ruled out of that game from yeah. a 10-minute Simbin. And I know the Bunnies capitalised on it, but even if it was a five-minute Simbin, to be fair, that one deserved to be a 10-minute one. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I think well, there's such a place for the five-minute Simbin. And we'll get to it later, but if they're going to be so trigger-happy with mm. these Simbins, then the environment has changed. The Simbin used to be reserved for hectic stuff. That's changed. Now we Simbin, like, all the time. All the time. I think in the first two games, there were six or seven symbionts or something. Oh. And so if that's the case, the environment's changed. So, for example, a bad hip drop where you get 10 in the bin is not the same as Victor Adley flopping in on a tackle to hold someone down in the middle mm. of the field. Because, like, Victor Adley got symbionted at the end of the game. It was just because it was a professional foul, hey? But, like, they weren't going to score. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like... How is that the same as a hip drop? Like, it was just a dumb... Professional foul, five minute every day of the week. Like, professional foul, five minute in the bin, bring him back on. Um, am I... Like, I watched the Radley one. Did he just dive on him because he thought the tackle wasn't complete? Like, what happened there? Or was it just a brain explosion? Because, like, why would... It, I, what I didn't get was, like, why were they trying to slow the play the ball down when they needed to score? There was something around, and the listeners will be on top of it, but we, this game was obviously on mid-wedding, so I've yep. had to go back and have a look at it all. But there was something to do with um, jumping on the right to try and slow it down, something around trying to get a captain's challenge because they were talking about, in the, oh, in, they were talking okay. about in the post-match press up, yeah. Teddy and Robbo, and they something around, and the comments will be all over it, but that they thought if they slowed down or gave a stoppage in play, they could challenge something that happened prior. Yep. Anyway, it's... Yeah, because it was... I'm just looking at it now. Yeah. It was a very, very obvious flop. So, yeah, if they were trying to go for a captain's challenge, they did say last year that that's going to become a Simbin, yeah. which is I, fair I'm enough. I'm sure that was I watched something. it a few times and no one said anything. Like, it just looked like a really dumb thing to do. Mm. But now that makes sense. He was trying to get the captain's challenge, yeah. which is, you know, again, it's... 
should know. So then there was more drama around that, around say some interpretation by the NRL change. I, I yeah. Know. Okay. Um, uh, six Simbins for the Roosters this year, so I won a game uh, on average. Oh, yeah. Although Sorry. Dolphins, not, Dolphins is on, are on six as well. So, yeah. It's just. Um, yeah. Um, it's hard to say because Trent Robinson is literally one of the best coaches, you know, ever. Like, is in when you look at the amount of comps he's won, the amount of minor premierships he's won, at least of the modern era, you'd have him in the of the modern era of rugby league, you'd have him in the top four, five coaches. In, yeah, yeah. Since what two thousand, let's say. Yep. So like, he's so good at what he does. Like, so good at what he does. I just, I just wonder, like, what? How do you address that anyway? So discipline. I just, I just, like, it's funny though because Trent Robinson's obviously a gun. But when they won that comp in 2013, as you both know, like the Roosters were very, very, very happy to constantly give away penalties pretty much for the whole year mm. because they backed their defense. And now a penalty back then can be a sin bin these days. The game's obviously changed so much. So maybe he just have to, has to like turn away from that a little bit. I think yeah. I'm looking at the stats now. The Roosters had easily by so far the most penalties in 2013. That's what they won the comp how, back off. How are they going this year in penalties? Uh, one moment. Because, like, when you think they, well, they went back to back 2018, 2019, rules came in 2020, 21. 20, halfway through 20, COVID Halfway year. through 20, yeah. So 2020. So I wonder whether that's. They're about mid range this year. They're about mid range? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Because, like, if they've got the same sin bins as Dolphins, you would go, well, and three of them happened. On Friday. On Friday, then you'd go, well, technically, statistically speaking, that the sin bins aren't an issue for them because the Dolphins are going okay. But then, and they're mid-range for penalties. But they, like that is the most for sin bins. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, I just, it's a mixture of, I think it's a mixture of things. Obviously, it's discipline for sure, but it's also like, I just don't know whether they've found out the way they want to play yet. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, I think... Not drastic change, but something needs to change. Something needs to change mm. internally. Um, is it panic stations? I don't think so for the Roosters. I think the Roosters are such a good footy side that they can literally... They could come out next week, blow someone off the park, and then go on a massive run. Like That's how good this Roosters side is. So I still think that they're premiership threats, but I just think that they don't want to leave yeah. their run too late. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be concerned as a Roosters fan, yeah. but... We do come on here quite often and make excuses for them. Yeah, and have sure. done for as long as I've been on the podcast. And you're like, at what point does is it like it stop making excuses? They're just not delivering. Yeah, that's but a fair point. but at the same point, I'm like, I I wouldn't have too many concerns for them. They'll come good. It's a long season. They're, yeah, you're right though in regards to you know we, but it's because <laughs> they go on these runs. Like last yeah. year when they went on that run. Yeah, they definitely, if they didn't have a brain explosion, I honestly think they 100% end up in the grand final. Yeah, and looking at the side, oh, I'm with you, I can they do too. Yeah. Uh, one of the great footy made stories. the prelim at least, because they would have had to play Penrith in the prelim, but they would have at least made yeah. the prelim. Well, yeah, or the prelim. Yeah. Let's not get technical, mate. <laughs> um, one of the great stories, Angus Crichton back on the weekend through yes. New South Cup, and then Sintelli Tupanur as well, back through New South Cup, so... Them two boys coming back in. Hopefully they can find their feet um, pretty quickly and get back in the top grade. But they'll have an enormous difference on this side. Oh, massive difference. Massive difference. And like, yeah. Oh, God. So got Lodge to come back as well. Lodge to come back. Nathan Brown won't be Connor far Watson. away. Yeah, Connor Watson. So, you know, there's bodies there that'll be back. Yeah. 
I still, I'd still believe though with the roster they've currently got, they should be, you know, top four right now, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but as we both just said, definitely not worried. They're, they're currently sitting ninth, um, and they've got eight points. So basically, they're they're equal fifth. If you, if you're t- talking points differential, they're equal fifth right now. So the, the good thing for the Roosters right now is similar-ish to 2018. They're winning enough games to keep themselves in the hunt for the top four. Because as you know, you basically you need to be in the top four yeah. if you want to win the comp. And right now they're definitely still in the top, uh, still in the hunt for the top four. They're basically only a point behind Seagulls uh, for the top four spot. So <laughs> it's kind of like they're still. Okay, so this this is the reason why you go Roosters, nothing to worry about, is because A, they're roster or whatever. They're still in the hunt for the top four. Cowboys, you go panic stations. Yeah. Because they are not even in the hunt right now for the top four. For panic stations in regards to where they should be right now. But we'll get to the, the Cowboys. Um, now, just... Oh, sorry, yeah. Two points. Warriors in... Panthers in second on ten. Titans in tenth on eight. There's a game. You know what's fucking hilarious between right now? Two and ten. The on, on on the app, the Broncos logo at one is mm. Roosters logo. <laughs> <laughs> Look, good from the NRL. No, <laughs> how dare they? What the <laughs> hell? Oh wow! Oh, anyway. I know people. It's small. <laughs> uh, people are going to correct in the comments. Lodge did play this week, but he only played like. 20 minutes. So he's still got to come oh, back. Oh, did play this week. Yeah, but I think they're kind of easing him back. But yeah, he, he, he was oh. only on the field for 20 minutes. What was his... He was in a headgear, so maybe he didn't... <laughs> oh, was he in a headgear? Half okay, the Roosters right. are in headgears at the moment. Is. Blame Guru for getting married. <laughs> oh, okay. He had a, a quite a quiet game. That's probably why we didn't notice him. 57 metres, 13 tackles. Um, you know what I do like, though? Positives. Even though he also had quite... Quite a quiet game. Terrell May. I think he brings mm. so much impact off the bench. Um, outside of that, I thought Hargreaves and Lindsay Collins. Um, 170 metres Hargreaves, 133 metres Lindsay Collins. Doesn't doesn't uh, Hargreaves just keep just delivering? Oh it is seriously crazy. And he apparently he wants a contract for next year and they're, they're struggling. I will say, uh, you look at their halves. We've been giving Sam Walker massive raps for his improvement in defence. <clears throat> 30 tackles, 8 misses. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe that's where a bit of the points leaked. But hopefully they bounce back next week. Oh, I do think, uh, again, hoping Crichton Satili can come back well, getting on the inside of Kiri and Kiri and Sammy Walker will make a world of difference yeah, that's defensively. A good point. Like Egan Butcher, I think he's a great footballer, mm. scored a nice try on the weekend. I just think he's an out and out middle. Mm. Like mm. defensively, he's been caught out so much. So I think when they strengthen those edge back rollers, Nat, <coughs> Nat Butch is solid enough, yeah. but it'll help big time. Mm. Uh, so who, who are they playing next week? The Roosters, they are playing the Dragons. So oh. real, really big game to like, they must bounce back here. Must oh, bounce that's back. a good game. Yep. Uh, to go out to. That'd be sick, the new Allianz. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Uh, now, on to Seagulls versus the Storm. The Battle of Brookie. Was it the highest quality of games? No. Was it entertaining as shit? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I think that when you watch this game, if you're a Manly fan and if you're a Manly player, this is how you're going to win the comp if you want to win the comp. Hyper-aggressive. Mm. Hyper-aggressive, <coughs> in your face, get amongst it, get in the niggle, shots, big shots. And I think that for the first few weeks we kind of did see that. But, like, I think Manly have set themselves a standard. Now, did Storm play their best game of footy? No, they didn't. But did Manly take it to them and really, like... Some games are good at some teams are good at like absorbing pressure and then reacting, kind of like a counterpuncher mm. of a team. And then some teams are good at going out and dictating the the contest. And I thought Manly did a really good job of going, "You're at our fucking home. We're going to dictate how this game is played." Yeah, it might be a little bit scrappy, all of that, but we're going to be hyper aggressive and just in your face and disrupt all the systems that you have. I thought it was a great win by Manly. Yeah, and that's that. It is that hyper aggression that it's. It's hard to do each and every week because it does take a lot out of you. But men, like Manly know that if they do do that, and they can match their forward pack solid. It's mm. not a superstar pack, but on its day, it can match most of the competition. Mm. And they've got enough firepower off the back of that with Turbo and Chez to, to put points on against any team in the competition. So this game, aggression was the key word. And, and same thing, mate. It's the Battle of Brookie every year. These two teams go nuts, and, and it's never a pretty game, but it's always entertaining. There's always big shots put on. So, Manly needed the win. They needed to bounce back. Melbourne had come off two fantastic performances in a row. And with the intensity of the NRL nowadays, it's hard to get up each and every single week. And, and mm. something has to give. And the Storm, who were in a hole a couple of weeks ago, put on these two massive performances. Uh, you know, you could say that they, they were off, but as you said, can't be the aggression of Manly, their line speed, all of that. It put them off their game. It really did. It really did. Um, and I just think with Manly, it's it their forward pack does seem to need to play like this. Mm. Otherwise, they just kind of like the game passes them by to a degree. Where, whereas this this kind of it is hard to do it week in week out. But I think that's where they get the best out of him. When when um, Alaye Olakawatu Tuolangi, you know Croker Paseka in defence, they're using defence to attack. Um, and when you look at the stats. Only 14 missed tackles from the Manly Seagulls. Oh. I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about. That is what you want from a footy side. That's how – If I mean, that's all attitude. That's all attitude against a, a Melbourne Storm side with guns in it. I mean, I'm sure there's games where Munster has had 10 tackle breaks, let alone, you know, only 14 tackles missed. Uh, it, it just It's just a matter now of Manly going, all right, this is the standard that we've set ourselves – you know, this is this is what we need to do each week. What were your thoughts on the um, the pen- a few penalties and, and sin bins and all that kind of stuff? So well, the uh, the Tui Milo Vega one was, yep, deserved it. Yep, shoulder charge. That was bad. That was very bad. Kamakamitha um, and uh, Olam, like, look, well, like it's like okay, he was late, you know, rah rah, but. I guess it's kind of like what we're talking about with the Roosters. You've got to get the message. Exactly. You just can't do it anymore. You can't do it anymore. Just don't. Don't don't hit them late because you know you're going to go. Yeah. So just like almost bluff them. <clears throat> like, you know what I mean? Like jam in, but then just like – and look, I'm sure we're going to see a time where a player of dummies – yeah, and they yeah, go we straight will, through. We I'm sure we're going to see Because a player pulls out yeah, of it. Because a player like goes yeah. to bluff and pulls out. Um, but you just can't – like I thought there was one the other week – Oh. Uh, last night, like 
Reed Marnie just pushed Mitchell Moses over. Oh. And it was a penalty. Yeah. And it's like, this is embarrassed. This is absolutely embarrassing. Embarrassing. Um, yeah, but and like, especially by like Mitchie Moses, he never milks anything either. So oh. it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. And so, you know, and like, look, DCE, of course he stayed down to get the penalty and that. Yeah. Like, you know, why wouldn't you though? Exactly. Why wouldn't you? That's the standard that's been set by the NRL. If you stay down, you're going to most likely get a penalty because we are refing on optics. We are not refing <coughs> on principle. And why not? Yeah, you mentioned all the time, Campy, but it's like, yeah, you want to be tough and you don't want to take a dent to your pride on diving on players. But Mitchie Moses in a defensive line, he's got it mastered. Mm. There was another try disallowed on the weekend because he, he went down, got a bit of soft contact. Yep. He went to ground, got off. So, well, he saved him a try. Why yeah. not? Like, what, what's you would be a a shit bloke if you didn't do it. And I know people go, oh, you know, that's, where's the integrity? Yeah, bro, you've got 17 blokes that you bleed and go into battle with. What's more important, you getting your job done for the 17 blokes or a bunch of people on the internet calling you soft? Exactly. And, mate, I'm the first one, when I, particularly when I the Raiders, I'll call them out and call them, call them soft, call them cats. But... You said earlier, they're there to win games of footy, and if that's going to do it for them, then why not? It's a six-point swing yeah. in a game of footy. It's massive. It's, it's huge. And when it's everyone huge. else is doing it, why do you have to be the one that's tough and, and yeah. say, oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be the tough bloke in this one and I won't dive? But it's annoying to watch, but if you're the player, you're there to win footy games. Yeah, and I, look, I wish we could I, – I hate it. Like, I – Oh, it's the worst. I hate it. But – and I, you know what's – the thing is, I think most footy players hate it. Mm. Like, they don't want to stay down – but again, it's just like the envi- this is the environment that's been created from the NRL. The directive has been down. If they stay down and it looks bad, you're more likely to give a penalty than yeah. it is what it is. Now, if refs started getting, I guess, harsher and, uh, you know, basically going like, nah. You call know. the bluff. Yeah, call the bluff and go, nah, not, not giving the penalty. I think you'd find players would probably not fall down quickly. Definitely. Um, so yeah, look, it sucks. I hate watching it. I hate watching it. But you know, if you're a fan, most fans would rather win the footy game than be Mr. Tough yeah. Guy and not fall over. But I just the, the concern I have though is I just don't want it to get worse and worse yeah. and worse. Like the beauty of rugby league, it's one of our most the beautiful parts of it is the fact that it's tough and not everyone can play it. That's what makes it so beautiful. Is that these guys are gladiators and not everyone can you know. The difference that usually separates being able to play professional soccer is skill. The difference between being able to play professional NRL is a lot of the time just toughness. Like, put it this way, like Blake Laurie. Is he skillful? Like, no. <laughs> is he tough as fuck? Yes, he is. And that's what makes him great. Like, that, you know, he's a really good footy player. Um, and I just would hate for that to be taken out of our game by people who like, you see how bad it's gotten in soccer. Like it is honestly embarrassing yeah. watching soccer, and I just hate. I just hate to think in ten years that we've got players like rolling around and you know. I hope it doesn't get to the point, but I mean we're set, we're already seeing bits and pieces. I know we're already. seeing it. Like yeah. some some of the the hands up like oh. that. It's just like oh man, or like the. I, I do say I, I do like. The fact that, not that I like head knocks at all, but I like the fact that independent doctors, if they go limp, they get taken off. It stopped players, because there was a period there where players would like go limp. Yeah. And you go, mate, you didn't get, <laughs> you get hit harder every tackle. Yeah. 
and it's stopped players from doing that. So I do like the fact that they get brought off. So don't get do that, that 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that is going to help a little bit, but now players just hold their shoulder or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I understand people's frustration with like a DCE, Moses or whatever, but you've got to understand where they come from, guys. It's to win matches. Like that. They got hit late. The NRL is saying if you hit them late, they get a penalty, then why wouldn't you try to... If it's your team and your half doesn't do it and you lose a game by a try, you're like, why didn't he just go down like yeah. everyone else? Like everyone as soon else as it's any yeah, other team, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. cats. But I just hope that it doesn't stay in. Yeah. Um, this hip drop situation. So Trent Lioro, I just... I think we're jumping the shadows <laughs> a little bit. And please don't mistake me with... with it is such a fucking dangerous tackle, and I hate seeing it. It's not a new tackle, though. It's been around for quite a while. People, it's a natural uh, reaction. You've got someone, and you go, well, how do I want to bring him down? I can use my arms and shoulders to try and get him down, or I can drop my whole weight, and hopefully they can't carry 90 kilos as well as everyone tries to take mm. him down. Um, and so, like the Leoro one, people will go, well... <laughs> You know, it kind of looked like a hip drop. Now, I'm, I'm a bit confused because some people say a hip drop is when if you have your hands around their hips and then you drop, that's a hip drop. I thought a hip drop was you, you, you're you dropping your hips into their legs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, it is what it is. So the Leore one is like people go, well, you know, he got bent backwards and it was a hip drop. But in my opinion, it's like, okay, if someone comes in with a swinging arm, and hit someone's chest. We don't go, well, that swinging arm could have hit his head. And it's the same with the Leora one. I'm like, he didn't touch his legs. Like, like he was just, it was just an awkward position that they landed in. Mm. And if Harry Grant didn't hit him across the chest, he doesn't get bent back as much. That's where I think kind of like, we, 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 we're jumping at shadows just a little bit. Even though I, I want that tackle gone, and not the Leora one, but ones where you can intentionally see they are trying to buckle their legs go fucking throw the book at them throw the book at them um but there's i do think there's sums that we're just getting a bit crazy with yeah and to to be completely honest with you campy i'm i'm pretty lost on a lot of them because Mm. i just i said the bad ones where there's clear intent to to pull them down and it's clearly illegal sweet i said throw the book at them because it can be so damaging to a player we've seen it but I just think so much of it is based on if the player gets injured. Like, it, it happens a thousand times a game. 100%. But it's only ever if the player gets injured that... Or it looks bad. Or, or it looks bad that there's action taken. I'm like, it just is such a grey area for me. And yeah. I think 99 times out of 100, there's no intent for, for a player to hurt them or put them in a dangerous <coughs> position even. It's just you're playing a game your whole life and a tackle that's always been, you know, fine, all of a sudden... Change your tune, otherwise you're gone for five weeks. Mm. Really hard to do. Yeah. So and that's it. Like I know I understand player safety, but man, it must be difficult first. Man, how many times would players do it and go, I didn't intentionally do anything different. I was just trying to make a tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I am a little bit confused by it all, and I assume that probably the players are a little bit too. The refs probably are a bit. Too, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure about and, it. And and I think also we can all. <clears throat> We understand where the NRL are coming from. Like sure. It's, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, the NRL is absolute morons and rah, rah, Like, I get it. Like, it's a bad look. It's a dangerous tackle. Mm. They're doing their best to try and stamp it out. It's such a confusing rule. But I do think that we just – sometimes we, we the pendulum swings too far sometimes. Especially the concern I have is, is like – and I said it – I think I said it last week on the captain's run – 
is that more and more I feel like we ref games on optics rather than principles and rules. Like what is the rule and what is the principle rather than how bad did that look? And I just think that yesteryear it used to be like the rule is this, this is how we adjudicate it. Now it's kind of like if something bad looks bad, let's look for a reason to give a penalty. Yeah. And, and that never used to be that way. What do you reckon, Matty? I agree in terms of like, you watch it and then you're like, this could be bad, but no one really knows. Like, the, you're right. The gray area is just is just so crazy. And to play devil's advocate, Taniele Tuaki, his career ended with a hip drop tackle. Yeah, so I saw th- that. There's, there's very... That was 2009 or something. 2009, yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah, so very it's it's really hard to judge because you, you don't want to see anyone get injured but also we can't have penalties every three seconds for accidental oh. tackles so it's going to be one of those things it's we're going to be talking about it all season and then hopefully by next year it's kind of cleaned up in with a with a full preseason because obviously the blitz is now but well, well i for, I'll give the NRL credit, for example, and the NRL don't get enough credit, and the refs and, and you know Landys and Abdo when they get things right, the crusher tackle is gone, and they deserve a fucking rap for that. And there were some crusher tackles that were outrageously not crusher tackles. And what did we see? We saw players holding their neck and rah rah, but it's gone. It's gone now. Also, cannonball tackles are gone. Cannonball chicken tackles wing are gone. tackles are gone. So, so you're right. we have to give the NRL credit for this because they've done the right thing in those situations. My only concern with this one is, is that it's such a gray area. It's, you know, the cannonball is a clear choice to hit someone's knees. Um, The crusher tackle, it's because it's not happening in fast motion in the contact, it's easy to pull out of it. The, the, The hip drop is just such a special case because you're just trying to bring someone down by pulling your weight down. And that's where Kempi, I just hope and we sort of haven't seen it at times, but I hope going forward when they do go to the judiciary and a player gets charged, they take that into account that it is grey. Like, no one really has their heads around it entirely mm. yet. So even if there are some that are a little worse than others, they go, all right, we'll give him the, the couple of weeks out. Yeah. But we're still learning this. Players yeah. are trying to adapt to it and, and get around it. But I just don't – I mean, I actually said before that, you know, throw the book at them when it's bad, but when they get five weeks, unless there's – clearly vicious intent in it i'm like i just punish them but don't make it too major at this stage yeah i i agree i think i i i would love to know were the coaches warned in pre-season to give them time to adapt i do think one way instead of you know like obviously punish rah rah but i i think that we need to reward low tackles more i think that would change a lot of this that's where it's heading that's where the game's heading surely It, it, it will because, yeah, to, to the – sorry to cut you off. No, but to, to, to the more novice rugby league fan out there and you sit there and you go, oh, just particularly old school footballers and old school footballers, why don't you just chop him around the, the legs like the old days? And it's the, the, you can't do it as a footballer because you chop around the legs, quick play the ball, you're gone, you're yeah. shot. You have to get them up high, you have to wrestle them, slow down the play ball, all that. But that's the way the game's going, that they're going to have to somehow tie in rewarding legs tackles. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and whether that's you make a legs tackle and I don't know, like a good legs tackle is, is somewhat dominant where you have to wait two seconds to play the ball. So mm. I don't know, but... Just like let the player hang on the legs, yeah, that, you know, that, like hold them like yeah, that for a while. Because that, that'd be beautiful if they yeah. could do that and reward it. Because that is actually a beautiful part of the game. Awesome. There is honestly, a beautiful legs tackle is as good as a big hit to me. Yeah. 
It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's like if you leg someone and there's contact up top in a two-person tackle, maybe that can, I'm like really obviously thinking off cuff here, but yeah. maybe that can be like a semi-dominant tackle where they, they have to you know hold a little bit, like pause, and then before they can play the ball. Um, but that is the only solution to really stopping like all the high contact and all these dangerous tackles. And, yep. you know, there's talk of not letting more than three players or two players into a tackle. I mean, that's never going to happen mm. unless there can be reward yeah. for a good league's tackle. But bloody hard thing to incorporate. Oh, mate. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, everyone puts shit on the NRL and rah, rah, mm. but they don't, they, people don't understand how tough their job is. Yeah. Like, it is so tough because you've – because, like, <clears throat> even though I wish we could – ref on principle and rules a you know everyone interprets rules and principles differently but b like optics do matter to the nrl because they need people involved in the game sponsors you know mums that are watching at home dads that are watching at home so like while we're sitting here going we just want pure rugby league they're like well our concern isn't just pure rugby league it's a business that needs to make money they need they need mums to allow their kid who love rugby league to play rugby league you're not saying that you're going to play soccer because yep. it's safer for you so it's a it's tough even though i i still do think we get it wrong a bit they have to get credit where credit is due and they have rubbed out quite a, a lot of good mm. things the six again rule has been fantastic ever since they tweaked a little bit the wrestling isn't as bad so there's a lot of positives that they do as well anyway let's get back to the game uh 1819 dce outstanding game um Lockie Croker, great try. Uh, who stood out for you, mate? I just like that Tommy Turbo looked free and he moved well. Mm. And he mm. didn't look – like all the talk going into the week was this hit pointer injury and then he had back spasms last week and you're going, oh, here we go again. Is he going to be limited? He looked really good. I thought yep. he moved quite freely, so uh, that's a relief. What did you think of this game, uh, Matty? I love the point of the game where we, we spoke about the big hit, but there was a couple of – that whole set, I think Alloway did one. I think Raymond did one, then the um, Olakawatu one, then Manly got the ball, went all the way down the field in the right, and then Cooper John just putting a great kick to force a drop. They were just on at this time, Manly. It was, it was great to see. And you're right, if they can play with that energy, they can beat anyone on their day because that's probably what's, what's been lacking with Manly a couple of weeks, like lacking a bit of energy, lacking a bit of... I don't know, ever since that golden point loss, they seemed a bit flat, but they were fired up for that Melbourne game. And that's the Manly, as you said, that's the Manly that wins games. Well, like, you know, when's Manly been its greatest? Everybody hates Manly. That's, mm. the, that's yeah. the, the joke. <clears throat> I'd lean into that if I'm Seabold. Guys, let's get everyone hating us again. Let's be hated. Even though they can't because they've got Jake Tom Drew, everyone <laughs> yeah. loves them. But you know what I mean? And, and I think you're seeing shades of it with Olakawa to... And Alloy A, even Vanga when he came on, mm. when he was on the wing. I like his energy, that Vanga. He, yeah, he yeah. just yeah. fires up. Yeah, I remember in the trials, like, it was a dead set trials, a reserve grade trials game. And he scored and he let, just led up to the 15 people in the crowd. <laughs> it was so good. And then when he, when he put all those hits on, he's just Gene up. He, he smacked um, Warbrick at one point and was Gene up. I know he, he had a couple of bad moments, like getting binned in that, but... Yeah, that energy is, is, is what you want. Well, like, and you look at Olakawatu, one of the scariest blokes in the NRL, even though he's a fucking legend uh, of a bloke, really, really nice bloke. Josh Alloa can throw him, like, yeah. <laughs> throw him, throw him. Not just like, oh, yeah, no, no, actually, he used to be a boxer. Uh, Tualangi, big fellow on the edge there. Then you've got Paseka. Massive, massive. And so then you've got big. the scariest man in rugby league, Jake Trevojevic. <laughs> and I don't care what anyone says. The scary man isn't the loud guy that's going crazy. 
the scary man is the psychotic guy that makes 50 tackles a game with a smile on his face. Yeah. Speaking of, if they start rewarding legs tackles, oh. Jake Trebojevic will be a $2 million a year player. He'll be an immortal. Yeah. <laughs> if, they, if we can get some leg tackle rewarding, Jake Trebojevic is the next immortal. <laughs> Seriously. He is oh, – I love watching Jake Sammy Trebojevic. Walker will be the best defensive half in the NRL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Loves absolutely. I thought um, uh, Sipley, I thought he was his best game of the mm. year. Sipley is an interesting case for me. He's a big, big boy. And he has these games that every now and then you go, oh, shit, there's a fucking big front row that could do some damage. Um, Simply, and our boy uh, Paseca with the match winner. Yeah, Paseca, set up the yeah, match yeah. Winner. Love so like that. That rotation of Sipley, Paseca, it, it really can work. Uh, Ethan Bullimore, uh, obviously, I think he's been good this year for uh, – he's actually off contract. I think the Manly should look looking to lock him up as soon as possible because he's one of those guys that – a bit more game time. Like, I can, for some reason, I can see him at like the Rabbitohs with that fast ruck speed, powerful. Anyway, uh, so great win. Great win for Manly. Uh, now, onto the storm. <laughs> what the hell, man? What the hell? <laughs> Jesus, you're back winning premierships last week. And then you dish that up. I oh, know. Make me look like an idiot. Because <laughs> now I'm like, well. Shit. Like, I mean, I still have them looking a lot better than they were, but... And to be fair, they're missing Meany. I think I think it was a really good example of, like... How fuck, good Meany is going. How good is Meany going? Like, Meany really is key. Like, key, uh, like for so long, they've been struggling without Pappenhausen. And then Nick Meany comes in, mm. and it because it's happened so incrementally, you kind of haven't noticed it as much. I know we had a great game last week, but if you ever needed to see how much they need the bloke... Bloody hell, watch that game on the weekend. And I, uh, I, I, sorry, mate, you go. No, no, you go. I, I think where, where we saw them miss meaning, they missed him in a lot of different areas, but something we've spoken a bit about with Melbourne this year and in the back end of last year is just yardage in the back three. Mm. And Xavier Coach isn't doing it at the moment. I, I don't think his kick returns have been overly effective for a bloke of his speed, his size. And Nick Mean, he's been, you know, ran for 200, over 200 metres in round one. Every, all weeks bar one, he's ran for over 120 metres. Round three against Titans, he was 94. That was in the blistering heat, I believe. I might have known. Anyway, yeah. So they're just, I don't know if they're getting enough out of their back three. Now, Munts went back there and was okay, but by doing, by shifting him to fullback, you're also losing the yardage, not yardage, the metres he makes with his running game at 5'8", which mm. is... You know, nearly second to none for five eights in mm. the NRL, and also he was playing six in attack, mm. so you, he can't yeah. just go full ball, nah. full back. So if you're a fullback, you go well. I can take all these hit ups because I don't need to be out on the edges ready to ball play. Yeah. Whereas Munster had to do both. Oh. So they they're just missing, yeah, and they're also missing. I think we spoke last week about the importance of Olam and talking about how the back three, their metre yardage coming out of the half isn't the best, but Olam makes up for that. Mm. Olam uh, was in the bin for 10 minutes. I believe he had HIA. It was, was off for another 15 minutes there. So because he was limited, I just think they were really exposed out the back. Yeah, it's a good point. 56 minutes he played. Mm. Um, I, I, um, Coates is a legend of a guy, like a really nice young kid. Like I, I, I really hope that he has the career he, he deserves to have in regards to how talented he is. But I just... I need more from Coates. He has not kicked on the way I thought he would when he went down to Storm. When he signed from Bronco, Broncos, <laughs> 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 when, he, 
when he signed from Broncos to Storm, I thought we got a guaranteed superstar here. Yeah, like we're talking Izzy Folau. Like I like obviously not as good as Izzy Folau, but I thought he was going to go down to the Storm, and we would see him absolutely decimating people in Origin. And it just hasn't seemed to happen. Yeah, I was like, he'll go over to score 30 tries a season. Yeah, on honestly, the storm. honestly. Mm. I, I thought that, and I thought like the loss of Adokar would be, you know, solid, but Coates will be that winger. And I'm just not seeing it, And, and there's the good games and he has his, his highlight reel moments. And um, I think Hammer's a good example of players where you, you just want to limit the, the difference between, one you mentioned all the time, Kempi, the difference between your best games and your worst games. Mm. And Hammer... Didn't score for the first time on the weekend. It wasn't his best game, but he ran for like 190 metres and 18 runs. And you're like, sweet, not your best game, but still a pretty bloody good outing. Xavier Coates, even when he doesn't have these highlight reel moments and these flashy finishes and leaping over the top blokes, if he can be running for his 150, 200 metres a week with yeah. that big rangy body of his, then all right, no, that's okay. You don't yeah. have to score every week, but we're just not seeing that from him. Well, I mean, I think a, a good example of this, and I know Selwyn Colbo's got some, inju- uh, mm. some errors in his game and that, but even on Selwyn's quiet games, you still get your 120 to 150 metres out of him, even if he makes three errors or whatever. Mm. But I just wonder, like, you know, is, is Xavier happy down there? Because I just I watch him and go, mate, you are a specimen. Like, oh. You are massive, fast, explosive. We've seen how good you were. Like at the Broncos, he was absolutely flying at the Broncos. I, I think people, because it happened a couple of years ago now, people forget how big of a deal that was. Like that was a big, big deal. He averages 107 running metres a game. He's gone under 103 times. There was a – ran from 190 in round one against Parra. Outside of that, 53, 114, 122, 69, 93. It's, it's just not enough. For a guy as big as him. Now, if he was, if he was a, a gun finisher that, you know, you could always kind of – Say AJ or something. Yeah, AJ, perfect example. AJ, you know he's going to finish yeah. tries or whatever. Um so I really hope he can bounce back because I really like Xavier and I honestly think I know it's hyperbolic or whatever but his genetic gifts are as good as anyone in the comp anyone in the comp if he if he reaches his potential he will be spoken about in the same breath as To'o um, as Ado Car, as Tupo that's how good I think this kid can be so good what, what is he he's 22 years old so I think it'll be fine. That's what I mean with potential. Like just turned twenty two as well. He just so. turned twenty two, so I, I really hope that he he finds himself. Whatever whatever is going on, whether he's lacking confidence, because like it, it must be a confidence thing. Maybe maybe he doesn't feel like he should go in and take as many hit ups as. And I, I'm not sure. So um, not that he like the, the thing is, it's not like he's playing badly. Like it's not like I'm sitting there going, oh, how bad's Xavier? Not at all. It's more like he we know j- the ceiling. His ceiling is one of the best wingers yeah. in the comp. Um, so hopefully he can find that. Uh, I thought Will Warwick was was one of his better games. Um, Christian Welsh once again gets through a bunch of work. I think outside of Leoro's, um, you know, uh, error in the penalty or whatever, I thought he was okay. But all in all, what a letdown! What a what a massive letdown! Um, I guess at the moment, Storm, you just got to take it week to week. Which is really, you know, not Storm-like. I still think that they can... The way they played against the Roosters was so good that it's like, I'll, I need... Let's say if they play like this for another four weeks, then I'm going to be like, okay, I'm concerned where they can be a premiership threat. But that performance against the Roosters was so good in my opinion that that's going to hold me over for, I think they can still win the comp a while, a for a little bit, while, you know? Yeah. Um, not just that. And 
I know they played with the ball in hand. I know they were pretty bad, but one positive is that the two tries they let in, freakish effort from Turbo and Cherry Evans, long range. The second one, they probably they shouldn't have let in. They turned them away pretty much the whole game. Their goal line defense, defense from Manly Ringo Ball was quite good. They had, I think, thirty yeah thirty eight tackles Manly in Storms twenty. So that's one positive to take out. Like I know there's been a bit of a roller coaster, but at least it's not like the game against the Titans when they leaked all those points. They had like, an interesting stat for me. If the starting 13s, there was it was 26 tackle breaks to nine in favour of Manly, mm. and Munster had five of the nine tackle breaks for yeah. the Storm. Oof. So like, that's that's a quite a significant difference. What that means, make of it what you will. I don't care, but there you go. Well, it's it's uh, funny you say that because I think it ties into the, the back three and like the, even the back five coming out of your own half. There's just not that explosiveness there. Where is? I don't know whether it was this game or another game that I was talking, but one of the key stats that I was looking at, I don't know if it was this game or another game, was the fact that one team had barely any tackle breaks and also missed a bunch of tackles. Cowboys-Warriors game. It's in the notes. Oh, it's in the notes. Yeah. Okay. okay, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that because I'll show you. I, th- I think it's a really good example of what's gone wrong. Anyway, um, so Storm, you can never write the st- – I think, you know, we know that. We can never write the Storm off, but that was really disappointing. Really, yeah. really disappointing. Um, and yeah, they're missing some players. You know, you have to remind everyone they they're missing what. Uh, so and they had what two sin bins. So Kamakamitha, yeah. uh, Olam, um, they're missing Nas. He's due back in the next couple of weeks. Missing Pappenhausen. Mm. So they still, you know, you've got to give them credit in regards to that. that and, and that's and it. If, if you get a God, like everyone in rugby league wants Pappy to come oh. back to. Like, 80% of his best Even this year But um, he comes back Meany goes back to a wing Nas comes back in All of a sudden you're going We got something Yeah here. 100% 100% uh, Now uh, Don't forget guys 6pm next week These beautiful jerseys That you've been looking at They are dropping Limited amount Once we these are sold out We are not selling this design again Each year we do different designs We will never do this design again Most likely So just Make sure to set your alarm, guys. I can't stress that enough. We got hundred. I'm no like not exaggerating at all. Hundreds and hundreds of messages last year of people saying, "Oh, can you please bring the jerseys back? The the old design." Um, so make sure to set aside your ninety nine bucks because after a certain date, they'll be one hundred and twenty bucks. So ninety nine bucks for the pre order. We're doing it so early to make sure that they arrive before Magic Round because these are the Magic Rounds. These are the jerseys that you wear. Get you and your mates all to wear your bloke kit. To magic round have a huge round also i forgot to say we will be up doing a meet and greet in magic round um myself will be there timmy will be there guru will be there maddie will be there thomas will be there edward will be there uh most likely 99 percent sure around 1 p.m at the caxton hotel on saturday before the three o'clock game um but i will uh talk more about that as it gets closer now also store shout outs eaton hills Eaton Hills, uh, Harry Brown's uh, new Aquila Dining, Brisbane. It's on tap in the Aquila. Is that what you said? Aquila? Aquila? Aquila Dining <laughs> in Brisbane. It's on tap. So get in there. Uh, it's spelled A-Q-U-I-L-A, Dining, Brisbane, on tap. Uh, Colmsley Hotel, Maguire's Bottle Shop. This is all Queensland, by the way, guys. Black Sheep Hendra, Black Sheep The Gap. Ballina Discount Liquor in their shops in Byron Bay and Bungalow. The iconic Normby Hotel and their new owners, Sam and Nick, 
Red Beret Hotel in Red Lynch, Cairns, Liquor Legends Canberra at Hawker's Drive-Thru. Well, that's not in Queensland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Josh at Falvey's and all his thirsty camel shops in Ipswich. So all the thirsty camel shops in Ipswich and Josh at Falvey's, they all stock bloke beer, guys. The beer of rugby league, and it's a beer for blokes that turn up. Get in, grab a case of the beautiful, beautiful bloke beer and the midi as well, absolutely flying. And if you're a bloke that turns up for your family, your mates in good times, bloke beer's the beer for you. Now, on to the Warriors v the Cowboys. Don't forget, bloke beer. Get down your local, grab a case. It's a beer for blokes that turn up. Turn up for your family, mates, and good times. Warriors defeat the Cowboys 22-14. Cowboys, uh, 17 tackle breaks, 40 missed tackles. Um, so let's talk about the Warriors first. We'll talk about the positive. What a great win from the Warriors. What an incredible win. They do it again. I've got egg on my face. I sit, like, what's insane is in the preseason, I was like, in the first preseason trial game, Maddie, I'm sure you remember, I was like, there's something different about the Warriors this year. There's something different about that. So I was backing them in. And then, like, I wrap them with these huge wraps. I'm so excited. I, you know, I, I'm so glad they're doing what they're doing. And then I picked against them. <laughs> what the hell? I just, I just thought they'd had so, two big battles. They'd leaked a, quite a few points in those big battles. I was like, surely the Cowboys turn it around. But I thought the Warriors' defence on the weekend was outstanding for a period there. Um, what an incredible win. What do you think of this match, mate? We're all waiting, Kempi. It's going to sound bad, but for the Warriors to fold mm. because we've been let down by them many a time before, year after year, even in promising like patches of footy. But they're not doing it. They're not letting us down. They're no. showing this unbelievable resilience and ticker this year. What the hell Webster has said to them, I don't know, and what he's doing with his coaching, but... The man's got the man's got a gift there somewhere because he's he's instilled this resilience that we haven't seen in the Warriors in a long, long time, mm. and they just keep getting up. So, yeah. and not only they're doing that, but they're doing it with a new look roster every week because blokes keep getting injured. They lose, yeah. you know, they lost Tamari Martin this week. They lost Wade Egan again. Two key spine members found a way. Um, it was uh, Murata Niakore. Did he even play Niakore? I don't even think he played. No, he still suspended, so he's back this week. So it's like <coughs> he was their main signing. Mm. Oh, it's just amazing. And what Bar- doing. Barnett's not playing either at the moment. And Barnett's so they had they had what Barnett, Niakore, Egan. Who was the other one? These Tamari Martin, Tamari Martin, even like Metcalf. He's Metcalf still like Like, are you serious? Warriors, if Warriors, if yesterday you had these kind of injuries, they're getting belted. Mm. It is in, like, and the, the exciting thing for the Warriors is they're just getting started. We're, we're at the beginning of a rebuild. Like, what's, again, I, I, I always talk about how I hate the word rebuild. Only, reason, only way I like rebuild is if they say it at the start of the season before it kicks off, because it's like there's clear intent, there's clear, they know what's going on, rah, rah. I hate when you get halfway through a season and you go, oh, no, no, we're rebuilding. It's like, well, <laughs> That's why we're bottom of the table. Yeah, because we're rebuilding. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not <laughs> what was going on here. What I love about the Warriors is, is that no one spoke about rebuilding. And even though they are, they, they really are. It's a whole new roster mm. with a first-time head coach. This is the start of a new chapter. And so very easy for other coaches 
and other teams and everything to come in and go, oh, yeah, we're, we're rebuilding this year. So, okay, we might win it. Like, Warriors haven't said that. They said, no, no, we want to play finals footy this year. We're here to fucking have a dig and, and give back to the fans that have been loyal to us for all these years. And also, this is how well they're playing after their junior development essentially gutted for two years and having no connection to their reserve grade side or their younger sides. It is absolutely amazing what the Warriors are doing. Egg on my face. I picked the Cowboys. But as you said, the Warriors are proving. As, you know what it's like? It's similar to the Dolphins where, you know, for a period there we thought, oh, maybe it's a bit of emotion that's getting them across the line. Passion, aggression, playing for your mates. Whereas, no, I think new, a new standard has been set at the Warriors. And will they play finals? I'm not sure. But I tell you what, if this is the start, I'm excited for where they end up in a few years. And there's firepower in the side. There's mm. points. There's grit. They've got all these key ingredients. They've got depth. Another massive one. So we look at their roster, and at the start of the season, we were a little bit critical, and we were saying, oh, you know, the blokes they've lost and the blokes they've brought in, they're very like-for-like. What's yep. really changed here? But clearly a lot's changed. <laughs> so the not even just the 1-17, to 17, but I suppose the 1-25, to 25, we're seeing just a really well-balanced roster. So, mm. Kempi, if this is the start of a rebuild, then... Well, you give Webby another year and another year to build it and get what he wants in his top 30. Uh, you know, like, like you can kind of ask for much more. They're a game off the top of the premiership. It's incredible. They're sitting third right now. And, like, look at their roster. Uh, and it's no disrespect uh, at, at all. Like, I am giving them a wrap. But look at this roster. Currently sitting third. Charles Nickelklokstad couldn't get a start at the Raiders. Cossie mm. in and out of first grade. Monsella, uh, Marcelo Montoya couldn't get a start at the Bulldogs. Pompey, uh, apologies if I'm saying that incorrectly. He's a rookie coming into it. Wateni Zalesniak, yep, gun. Dylan Walker coming off the bench for Manly. Wateni Zalesniak, gun, but that was his first game of the year, I think. Yeah, that exactly. other blokes in front of him. Yep. Uh, Sean Johnson, people were calling for his retirement last year. Adam Fanil Blake, gun. Freddie Lussick, fringe player at the moment. Tavanga was on the bench for quite a while, in and out. Jackson Ford couldn't get a start at the Dragons. Josh Curran, solid. Tohu Harris, gun. So, like, I out of all that, I mentioned, what, two guns? And, and like, in regards to... But as a team, this, this, this team, is it, like, as mm. a squad, they're sitting third. Yeah. And then, and then you go, like, these are the, the rosters beneath them. Sea Eagles. Tom Trevojevic, one of the greatest fullbacks I've ever fucking seen. DCE, origin half. Um, uh, Jake Trevojevic, origin front rower. Rabbitohs, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Jairo, Cam Murray, <sighs> Damien Cook. Sharkies, Nico Hines. Um, you know, I, I could list, the, the list goes on. The list goes on. Storm, Munster, you, you know what I mean? And it's not even a case of had a good run with injuries, had a few things go their way. Everything is going against them. 100%. And they're still winning games. And they're still sitting third on yeah. the ladder right now. It is so impressive. They have equal points to the Panthers. One it, more win. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, and they've played uh, one played more the game. game. They haven't had their, their bye yet. No. Um, I know the Cowboys are struggling, but they went to North Queensland, beat them. That was like a couple of weeks ago. They came third last year. They went to Cronulla, beat them. They came second last year. Yep. Like, it's, it's, I, I, they're, they're beating teams in their backyard that succeeded last year. Like, they're, they're going so well. And they won't lose a player to Origin. Yeah. So they'll be unhampered through that period. It's like Tomite Martin comes back eventually, you know, Charles Nickel Klukstad, like these guys, you know, yeah, Sean Johnson's a little bit older, but 
the other the other parts of their spine, Tamaide Martin and Charles Nigga Klockstad, like and then Egan, like these guys could be around for another three or four years. And so you could build slowly mm. but surely build on it. It is just super, super impressive. Mont- Marcelo Montoya, Marcelo Montoya's try assist. Oh. He fended four blokes. Yeah. Like one run, four tackle breaks. And fast and big. He honestly is made of granite, the bloke. Talk about career turnaround. Oh. He went for, like, as I said, struggled to, to crack a doggy side that, like, won wooden spoons or was thereabouts mm. at the bottom of the table every single year in one of the darkest periods in their history to being, like, one of the absolute form backline outside backs in their competition. Yeah, a weapon. So strong. And, he's, and he'd be feared. He's, like, feared throughout the yeah. NRL because he's just made of granite. Oh. It is just so impressive. Uh, SJ, <laughs> I'm just so happy for the bloke. Yeah. Got ridden to death last year and a lot of people didn't realise that he was away from his family. You know, I, I we speak about it all the time, but these players are human, just like me or you. The things that you've got going on at home that make you feel a bit down at work sometimes, that happens to them too. That happens to them as well. And they're in an extremely high-pressure environment, so sometimes it can snowball. You know, not only do they something bad happen at home, then they go out and play a bad game, then they get smashed by everyone. You know what I mean? So it just can snowball under all sorts of pressure. And he comes out and he does this. And I just think that it's such a it's such a testament to the bloke Sean Johnson is because he could have very easily rode off into the sunset with one of the greatest highlight reels you'll ever watch in rugby league and said, you know what, I was naturally one of the most gifted players that you'll see. But he said, no, I want to prove I'm more than that. I'm more than just natural talent and footwork and all the, the, the stuff that are on highlight reels. I can lead a team around a victory and become that leader at seven. And he's done that. One of the most unfairly polarised players throughout his career, I think probably missing chunks of games due to injury and that annoyed fans of, say, the Warriors or the Sharks at times and whatnot. But, like, you know, a lot of people love him, myself included, but mm. there was just... Whenever he'd do one little thing wrong, I think people, and I think Australians in particular, you know, we love a flashy play, but the second a flashy play goes wrong, it's yeah. like, oh, how, like obnoxious. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, wh- why do you have a right to do that and, and cost a game, whatever? And SJ has just been a star for so long, even in periods where critics were out for him. It, I thought he was still playing good footy. Mm. Played some terrific footy at the Sharks. Um, unfortunately, injuries hurt him at times, but just everything going well for him and yep. couldn't be happier. So happy for SJ, seriously. And a guy like Chance as well. Yeah. I mean, just a, just a, a rock at the back there. Gets through a bunch of work, does all the tough stuff. Um, I thought Josh Curran had a, a quite a good game. Um, you know, it's, it, it's really going to be interesting where he ends up in the, in the forwards, you know, because he's is he an edge player. They've clearly believed Tohu Harris is their 13 mm. long term. Um, you know, when they've got Murata Niakore, to come back, near Corday to come back. They've got Barnett to come back. You know, it's where does he fit? You've got Jackson Ford, who's in form, Tavanga up front. So it's going to be interesting. But I, what I do like is, is he may have played his way back into the 17. Mm. Um, Tom Arley, again, got through a bunch of work. He's going good, the big fella. He is, and he's just getting better and just mm. rounding out in his game. Defense is getting better. He, missed no, he didn't miss any tackles on the weekend. I only got 35 minutes, but. Um, how old is he? Birth, 1999. So what, he's about 24 years old. You know, he'll slowly develop um, into a much better player the more minutes he gets. Uh, who else stood out for you? Um, yeah, Car- you mentioned Karen. He's 
very interesting one. Like the attacking upside there, a few defensive deficiencies, but hoping on top of that, mate, Tohu Harris. Yeah. Comes back into the side, off the back of injury. He'd missed two weeks on the trot, I believe it was. Mm. And we talk about his ball playing and how underrated he is over and over again. The first three tries the Warriors scored, Tohu threw one of the last passes for it. Threw the last pass for the Fanil Blake try. Mm. And then the next two might have been the second last pass or just like had a role in the, uh, the yep. play. So underrated and he's just the heart and soul of this. He story. really is the heart and soul. And it's, it's like because he's over in New Zealand and, you know, Aussie media, you know, they focus more on Australian sides. You don't really get – he doesn't get the raps that he deserves. No. And I don't think he ever will. But if he's at any other club, he is seriously – he's one yeah. of the bigger names in rugby league. Gun. He's a gun and it's every week. And, like, he, he can do everything. He can do the passing – he can do the a million tackles and not miss anything, mm. or he can run for 200 metres. Like, and he's a big boy. He's had a lot of injuries in recent years. Across his whole career, he's had a lot of out, mm. been out a lot. And he comes back and just walks straight back into big minutes, whether it's 80 on the edge or 65. He's played 80 in the middle mm. quite often. Yeah. Like he's a beast. He's gun. Uh, Adam Fanua Blake, I thought he had his, one of his better games of the year. 141 metres, five tackle breaks, 23 tackles, only one miss, and obviously a rampaging try. Oh. Um, He's another guy that I think is really picking his form back up. He struggled with injury last year a little yeah. bit, I think, and was in and out. But I have to remember, when he was at Manly heading to Warriors, he was a premier front rower. Well, I shouldn't say was because I still think he is. Um, but because he's playing for New Zealand, he just doesn't get the same hype that Big a lot time. of players do. Uh, so, mate, what a performance by Warriors. What a great win. Really, really good. You know, we're sitting at, what, round seven or eight. Round seven, they're sitting third. And they're sitting second in New South Wales Cup. Uh, just Oof. amazing. It's great, great stuff. So for them, now it's about like you, you've you've started the season so well. If you can just find a way to win a couple more games, then heading into the second part of the season, you put yourself in a position to stay in the top eight. Mm. Like, And that's why it's so important to get these wins early because then you're not chasing your tail and you can go, all right, we dropped a game here or there, but we're still sitting fifth or sixth or whatever. I mean, they couldn't. They essentially couldn't have done more than what they've done so yep. far this year. Been so brilliant. good, brilliant. so good. Now onto the Cowboys. I am, as I said last week, I'm concerned about the Cowboys. Uh, I, I'm more than concerned. I, I think there is uh, real issues going on there. They completed at 85. percent They had only 17 tackle breaks, yet they missed 40 tackles. They ran for essentially 300 more metres than the Warriors as well. And they got beaten 22 to 14. And what that says to me is, is that purely an assumption, but they're either under-trained or they're over-trained. Like, why are they not... Clearly, they're contact. Because if you're only breaking 14 tackles... Um, sorry, if 17 tackles and you're missing 40... Something in the contact's going wrong. Warriors back five had 19 tackle breaks between them. And so you go, are they fatigued? Do they not have that extra little 10% mm. of energy that you get when you're up and ready and you've got all the fuel in your body? Or are they underdone looking for a late push in the season? I think it's a real key start. To complete at 85%, to run for 300 more metres, to have one more line break, but still get... They actually have 16 tackle breaks, so not even that. Um and, and get beaten 22-14, I, I, th I really do think it's either under-trained or over-trained. Now, it's just come out that Jason Tamalolo will be out for six weeks, roughly. You're kidding. Yes, out for six weeks. Oh. And, yeah. 
And he injured his knee earlier in the year and he's been playing through it. That's why Tamalolo has been, you know, his numbers are nowhere near what they used to be. He's been playing through it and he's been playing through it so much it requires surgery now. Shit. <laughs> oh. Shit. Huge. I mean, considering Jake Granville started in the middle for him on the weekend <laughs> and Ruben Cotter was first game back from injury, like on the weekend... Couldn't work it out for the life of me, but Granville started at prop and they had Tom Chester on the bench. Yeah. Like, I know they've got a lot of middle, like, forward injuries, yeah. but Riley Price dropped out to make that happen. Did not understand that for the life of me. But, um, wow, Taumalolo out now. You had Jack Zuski starting on the edge. Hylam Luke is still at least a couple of weeks away, I believe. Mm. Jordan McLean might come back into it this week. He's due back either this week or next with a bit of luck. But oh, they're light. They're light on. So, like, I mean, Cohen Hess has been forced to be moved into the middle. But their starting front row was Hess Granville. Yep. And like, both of them aren't front rowers. <laughs> Definitely Granville isn't. Fucking hell, holy! He was a fullback at one stage. And then, yeah, like, you look at Meadridge through the middles. You've got like fullback slash centre slash hooker, whatever. Jake Granville at prop. Nanai, we know he's not a big meter-eating back rower. Kazuski, he's not either. Now, on top of that, they lose Taumalolo. Man. So, the forwards that they're missing are, sorry. So, Tamo included, Leilua, Taumalolo, Helam Luki, Griffin Neem, and Jordan McLean. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge missing, huge missing, but there are other clubs also missing players too, you know? So, it's like... (laughs) <laughs> the Warriors being one of those sides. Yeah, well, we yeah, literally just read yeah. out the plays that they've missing. So, I mean, I just... It's um, it's not looking good for uh, the Cowboys this year. I um, Knights this week, must win. It's a game. must win. They have to. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I felt like this week was a must win for them. Yeah. But, I mean, it is just getting to the point where, what, we're round seven. They are currently sitting on four points. So, they are... Basically, I mean, they would need a lot of it. Like, to get back into the eight, for a team that should be in the top four, mm. to get back in the eight, it's almost a downfall, like a, almost a, uh, disappointing. But now, because they've started so poorly, getting in the eight to win for them. And they haven't played. They've had a pretty easy run. Yeah, they have. They've one of the best runs in, the, yeah. in regards to, yeah, one of the best opening runs. And they can't pick up these points. And... The thing is, is I just what what surprises me is that you know you've got Dearden, you've got Townsend, you've got Val Holmes. Um, I do think it might be time to um, potentially look at Hiku and say, mate, you, you might need to pick it up. Otherwise, we're going to have to look for someone else in the <laughs> middle. Like as in, you may need mm. to spend some time in uh, Q- 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 Queensland Cup. Who did my head in on the weekend? How I've been ranting on each week about not using Val Holmes properly, not getting him clean ball, not getting him good ball, and how much I want him to roam at centre, be mm. the second fullback, mm. like he did last year and was unbelievable. Hiku set up a try, switching sides of the field and playing as a sweeper, <laughs> and I was like, why isn't Val doing that? <laughs> yeah. And it was, I was mad, it worked, it's yep. effective. I'm like, let Val do it. Yep. And so I just, you know, for example, like look at this... Um so basically, 12 tackles, four misses. Val Holmes, five tackles, three misses, uh, and an error for Hiku. I just, 
it's really important when like obviously he had his try assist which was fantastic but like Hiku's game is <clears throat> high meters high runs yeah. and you're just not seeing that this year um I thought Tuolangi was okay coming back from injury you know 186 meters had a couple errors which was you know no good Drinky he's, he, he seems a bit out of sorts it, it's just the whole thing is I wouldn't don't get me wrong I wouldn't um I wouldn't be dropping like Hiku or any of the outside backs yet but I'll be having conversations with all of them saying, mm. boys, we, we, we're in a position now where even if I don't think that you're <laughs> playing below NRL standard, we have to make changes because we're just not winning footy matches. You know, we're, we're just not winning footy matches. So I think the problem is like, who comes in? They've got Brendan Elliott. They've got yeah, well, Germat yeah. Shibasaki. Yeah. There's not, I don't feel like there's a player there that's knocking the door there and you're like, all right, you talk about can be competition, can be can be competition for spots. Um, if there's no one knocking the door down, players get lazy. It, yeah. it happens, and yeah. maybe those two are killing you. Well, uh, Queensland Cup, I'm not sure, but I don't believe they are. Tommy Chester, he goes good, but I believe he's an out and out fullback. And he, well, he, they took they took. I'm pretty sure they took Hiku off and put Chester on <coughs> at centre. Could you confirm that? Because yeah, right. Hiku played 16, 66 minutes and uh, Chester played 40, 14. So maybe yeah, that conversation yeah, Chester, has already happened. Mm. Chester came on. Maybe Chester can play outside back. So yeah. I don't know. And, and that's the... Is Chester big enough for a centre? No, I don't think so. So maybe, you know, Peyton's already said to Hiku, mate, you're, you know, it's, it's close at the moment. It's close. Um Oh, I would I would like to give Hiku another chance. I just he offers he's so he was so important mm. to their run last year. He was such an undersung hero. If he can just get twenty runs and get two hundred meters, he just he'll click back into gear. But yeah. at the moment, and look, it, we're talking about a center here. You know, the center is not the reason why you're losing games. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, Townsend and Dearden. What I'm just surprised with Townsend and Dearden is like it's so clunky. And it's like what's happened here, like. What has changed? I don't, I don't I, know. I just, it's bizarre. The only thing I can think of is, is they're either overtrained, and we did say in the preseason chat, one worry with teams that burst out of nowhere is they have these huge preseasons, mm. and it's this huge changing of the guard and changing of standards, and then the coach goes, "All right, we're going to do that again," and they do another massive preseason, and everyone's fatigued, everyone's tired, they can't keep that same level up, or. The opposite is is they have a huge preseason, then they get relaxed and don't have a big enough mm. preseason, and they're underdone. Uh, so and you look at you know we've been comparing for two years now the Cowboys and the Sharks, mm. and look I know the Sharks they haven't set the world alight, but these two teams look worlds apart at the moment. Worlds apart, mm. at least with the Sharkies you're seeing like twenty minutes of gun football, yeah. and you know like even when they're <clears> playing poorly there'll be a period where you go, wow. Whereas, like, unfortunately for the Cowboys, outside of that first 30 minutes of the season, they haven't really looked that menacing at all. Do you think they make the eight? No, right now, no. Yeah. No way. No way right now. Especially since the town low news being, what would you say, six weeks or something? Well, that's like, like... Right now, Eels, Roosters and Raiders aren't even in the eight. So it's like, fuck. It's a tough ass to get all the way down from into the, so I'm not I'm not saying put a line through them completely, but oh, 
I, at, at the moment, I don't have them in finishing in the eight. Lose at least Cotter and Val to Origin. Yep. And, and Origin, so six to eight weeks. I mean, Tamalola could still be out during Origin. Based on that, yeah, probably their Origin 1 oh, around that yeah. time. Uh, so hopefully they can bounce back, but really disappointing so far from Cowboys. You know, they're trying hard, but it's just, just not con- clicking. It's just not clicking. Um, now, on to the next game. Panthers defeat the Knights, 16-15. What, this is, what an incredible performance by the Knights. This is what they've been building towards, you know. They, so they didn't have Braley. They didn't have Ponga. So basically, they essentially had the same roster as they, they had at their lowest, nearly, except for Frizzell. Mm. And this is what they can dish up at home. Oh. This is uh, this is the Knights at home, Pack Stadium, going. You know what? You might be the Big Dogs Panthers, but we're gonna fucking take it to you. It's actually, in my opinion, one of the best games I've seen the Knights play in a very long time. I loved their aggression. I love their line speed. Tyson Frizzell was outstanding. I love the fact that they just took it to them. Uh, you know, it's it's one of the best Knights performances I've seen in a long time. Love sitting here, Campy, and these are two teams that each week, the Knights, not as much this year, obviously, by any means, but the, certainly all of last year, we'd get there and we'd be like, what more do we say about the Knights? Like, yeah. It's hard to critique them anymore. And on the flip side, the Panthers, most of the time, you just go, what more do we say about them? They're like, they're perfect. It's good when the Panthers don't demolish sides. It's like, oh, we can find some critiques. About them. <laughs> yeah. find, we have yeah. something to talk about. Yeah. Oh, so gutted for the Knights. They mm. got up so much... What was worse is that they got up for it. They were inside of winning, but they had every chance to win it. And there's a couple of key errors laid on to invite the, the Panthers back into it. But what a brilliant performance. And we said they've been lacking heart this the last, you know, 12 to 18 months. Wherever it went, they found it because oh, they're yeah, having they a, found and, it. And I was so worried when Braley was out because I've gone, yep. he's the heart of the forward pack. Only a little bugger, but geez, he has a crack. When he was out, I said, oh, don't fall apart to what we saw last year. Yep. Was worried, and they put in one of the best performances in a long time. Yeah, and this is what they can do. <laughs> like, I know, is their roster a top tier, top four roster? No, but this is what a top eight potential roster, and I know they're missing key players. I'm not saying like can take it to the top tier rosters and drag them into a battle. This is what that this nice, you know, roster, you know, you would hope would do week in, week out. And I think they've been building towards this. Like the last few games, last mm. two games, they've shown grit and determination. They went manly, hung in there, hung in there, 32 all. Then they went, uh, who was the game they played last? Uh, they Warriors. beat the, the Warriors. Um, Hung in there, Warriors came back. Then the night, the mm. Knights answered the, that that call, and so they've been building towards this. I think Adam O'Brien deserves a massive rap. Oh, for sure, a Lockie, massive rap. Lockie Miller couldn't get a start at the Sharks last year, barring injuries. Tyson Gamble, he was a stopgap solution in the halves for the Bronx. Phoenix Crossland at nine yeah. played big minutes because yep. Jaden Brazel and they don't have a backup wall. I say they don't have a backup hooker, but they've nearly just beaten the Panthers with Crossland there. So <laughs> yep. he's done something right. What a gutsy win. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's how close we were yeah. to it. What a gutsy almost win. Yeah. And so the confidence these guys can take out of, and it's a reward. It's a reward for yeah. building towards this, you know. It's a bit shaky start to the year, but this, this is their identity. And I think they're a mm. team that is 
slowly and finally starting to find who they are as a team. Now, we need to see more of it for a whole season, but they're heading in the right direction. They really, really are. I loved what I saw. I think Tyson Frizzell is having probably the best year he's had since he got there. Um, you know, and, and it just shows you, like, Jackson Hastings isn't setting the world alight, but it shows you only just a, a good solid seven yeah. that can get you around the park. And, and yeah, you mentioned Adam O'Brien before, Kempi. Very critical of him for many reasons. We said he was on the chopping block and he was, but yep. you've got to give credit when things turn around and, and so far that's happened. Uh, and you look at the, we were very critical of the Lockie Miller move at the start of the season, bringing a fullback there. And they got rid of old mate, the young fella, the prop forward down to the Sharkies. Well, I won't call it a masterstroke because it still does look like a short-sighted plan. And we sort of wanted Caleb Pondle fullback, but... Lockie Miller's been outstanding for yep. them. They're competing against everyone in the competition. So, you know, fair play to him. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, like, the, you know, we want to ponger it back with Gamble <laughs> at six and Hastings at yeah. seven anyway. But at, le- at the very least, Lockie Miller has been fantastic yep. for them. Ve- very, very good. Um, so, like, yeah, you've got, to give, you've got to give Adam O'Brien credit because it has not been easy. Put it this way, if they were one win outside the eight, because that's what they're in there, one win outside the eight right now, if they were one win outside the eight with a full-strength roster, we would be like, yeah, solid, solid from the Knights. They're one win outside the eight with a busted roster. <coughs> it is really, really impressive. I just, um, you know, I think Leo Thompson is growing in confidence each week. I thought Kurt Mann came on and just did what mm. he, you want Kurt Mann to do is just get through a bunch of work. Heaps of tackles, few runs. Greg Marju. As we spoke about earlier, you know, yeah, defensively still can have a read here or there, but geez, he's been important in attack for them. Like their sets are totally different with him. It's it's his continued evolution of the modern day winger. Yeah. And I go on about yardage all the time from your back three, but this is an example of how important it is to a team because mm. last year, what they had Tuala who played a bit on the wing for them. Dom Young was had his moments at times. Uh, obviously, KP at fullback, but he missed a decent amount of action. And it was an issue for them. Dom Young, Greg Marju, absolutely have big areas in defence that they need, they need to sort out. But the value they're bringing coming out of their own end on kick returns oh. and those first two, three tackles along with Lockie Miller is just proving invaluable. Oh, and that mate. can just turn your team around. And it just, as much as we, we love a little quick winger and that in your side, it's just so hard to have these days because these three are going <coughs> gangbusters. Yep. So, well done, Knights. Well done, Knights. Um, we'll have to be a little bit quicker, guys, in the reviews because I've got a I've got an appointment at two thirty. So, apologies for that. Um, but we'll get through it. Don't worry. Um, now, on to the Panthers. Uh, <laughs> the one week we actually need to talk yeah, about the Panthers. Panthers. <laughs> it's like got to get through quick. Yeah. No, but Panthers done. They won by fifty. Sweet. Look, Panthers. Nathan Cleary. Holy shit! He just nails moments, doesn't he? He just nails them every time. But I will say, this is probably the first time I ever watched a Panthers side and said, you believe, you're believing your own hype. Mm. They went there. They thought they'd just roll straight yeah. through the nights. They thought they'd just get the job done, as they have been doing for so long. I thought it was, this is a massive wake-up call for the Panthers. Um, you know, they have set the standard themselves. So, like, if they were, like, any other normal top-tier side, I would go, look, like, this is the NRL. Every game's competitive. But this is a Panthers, one of the most dominant sides in the modern era, if not the most dominant side. And I do think that they rocked up and thought they'd just get the job done. So I, I think it's a big wake-up call for the Panthers. 
The Panthers can beat like the bunnies or roosters by a point and you're like underwhelming. Yeah. Because they've been that good for so long. Uh, yeah, they were. Look, you, it's hard because normally I'd just be like, you can't get up every week in the NRL. And that's mm. what I spoke about with the Storm, why that wasn't too disappointing loss for me looking at them. But Penrith, <laughs> Penrith do get up every week. Yeah. They've made it, done it for two and a half years, three years, whatever it might be. Um, one thing I that did stand out for me was Sonny Luke, and Sonny Luke is so good and such a talent, mm. but he's so different to. He's a playoff cuff kind of player. He's a ball running dummy half who sees an opportunity and he takes off. Whereas Penrith's attack, it's so systematic. You know, mm. Everything is to a plan. They don't really stray away from that plan too too often, and that's why it, what's made them such a good team because like you know what if we're rolling stick to the plan don't put in a shit kick or throw yeah. a crap pass they just stick to it that's not sort of sonny luke's game mm. now he only played 36 minutes so no no massive drama but a bloke i think we all see as being the long-term hooker at the panthers it's just going to take even more time than i thought for him and his halves to understand each other's game and make it work yeah because it's not at the mo- like they just won by 15 50. Not panic stations at yeah, all. Yeah, not at all, not at all. But it's We're being hypercritical because they're one of the greatest sides we've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Literally. Their, their problems are almost like good things for other teams yeah. in general. Um, so I, I'm being hypercritical, but you saw it, mate. They, they look clunky at times because I don't think those three were working in unison at times. Mate, they, they, they had 57% of the ball mm. and they could only score 16 points. Wow. We're talking about the Panthers here. Mm. In the first half, though, their completion rate was like 50% at one point. And that's where I go, you rocked up thinking you just get it done. Yeah. Panthers don't complete at 50%. Like they, I think their lowest completion rate before this week was 80%. <sighs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, I got a lot of enjoyment out of seeing Nathan Cleary miss a field goal. Shanky kick. <laughs> oh, like it just, I don't think I'd ever seen it before. And I was like, okay. Human. Yeah, he's human, human being. He's not a cyborg, he's a human being. I was being. sitting watching with a mate and he goes, that was with like a handful of minutes left, he goes, I think they're done. I think the night's shot by one. He goes, please. Yeah. I'm like, clearly he's going to walk in this and go whack, whack. Unbelievable. Like, he just, <laughs> so good. He's, he is the Iceman. Yeah. He is literally, the, the amount of times, like, he's he's done a match winning or in, uh, even a match equaling <laughs> big play in regards mm. to like kicking from the sideline or like three times this year already or four times like even in the St. Helens game mm. he had a conversion from the sideline to e- to even it up and he just nailed it oh fuck oh. and then he got two weeks ago he kicks a 40 meter bloody field goal for a two pointer unbelievable Freak. um well we'll talk about the hair pull Oh, I thought that was a really tough call. Look, I don't think it's as big a deal as, you know, some people are making it in regards to, like, look, it's a big deal because it was, you know, important part of the game. But, like, it's just one of those freak accidents. Like, people that are like, oh, cut your hair, this, that, and the next thing. It's like, look, I just don't Ugh. think it's going to happen that often. Mount's out of molehills. Yeah. If some, like, skinned me and was gone, and my way to get him was to grab his hair, I'd probably do the same. Yeah, uh, and also people that are like, oh, he should, you know, it's the worst call ever. Like, Ugh. it was definitely the wrong call. He grabbed his jersey and his hair happened to be there, yeah. but... Uh, it's one of those, it's just a random thing that happens. It's not going to happen regularly. We, we have an NRLW comp. It doesn't happen often yeah, at it's, all. It's, it's just a random thing that happened. The, the ref got it wrong. As a Knights fan, 100%, I'm sure you'd be pissed. But at the same time, like, uh, like I mean, I just spent however long rapping the Knights. And then don't, uh, the Knights were amazing. Mm. I loved their grit. 
They completed at 67%. So don't don't look at the, the hair pull as the big call that cost you the game. That what cost the Knights the game was their completion rate. They had every chance to win that. Every chance. Some to really win that game. key errors that invited Penrith back into it. Yes, yes. So, um, uh, but outside of that, with the Penny Panthers, wake up call, uh, devastating. Liam Munn reaggravated his hamstring. Uh. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Zach Hosting was great again. Isaiah Yo, you know, fuck, very close to being in my team of the week again. Forty-seven tackles, zero misses, hundred and thirty. 147 metres. Uh, but Panthers will be back. <laughs> like, yeah, you'd hate to be the best. They played as bad away. as they played. They still won. Yeah. That's how you know how good they are. They're fucking unbelievable. Um, now, Broncos versus the Titans. Oh, my beloved Broncos. I don't know why you <laughs> play like this. I don't know why you do it to me. Why do you do it to yourselves? Oh, oh wow. Oh, just quickly in the Panthers-Knights game. If you ever needed evidence that we just want to send people 10 in the bin, look no further than the Spencer Linu potential oh. 10 in the bin. He was willing to send a bloke to the bin and he didn't even see what happened properly. Yeah. Like, think about how far we've gone now. In this <laughs> we've gone so far and we're so ready to bin people. Sin bin. It used to be a big deal that you're sin binning before even getting a call from the video ref. You're just going, boom, sin bin. You didn't even, you clearly didn't see it properly. I just thought, I thought that that was outrageous. How's a man of sin bin in seven minutes? That's just, that's just sound. Just keep keep the boys yeah. on their toes. Do, do they not realise the impact it has on games? Do they not understand oh. that it can change results? Like, at the very least, wait for the replay. You just wait 10 seconds. You were that quick, <laughs> that quick to go, boom, gone. It took a captain's challenge. Mm. What if what if Spencer Lienu didn't have the confidence? Let's say he was a rookie and he didn't have the confidence to burn a captain's challenge. He would have been off the field. I, I just thought that was crazy. Or, if the, or right. if the Panthers didn't have a challenge, they could have burned yeah. it by that point too. Yeah, what True. if they didn't have a challenge? Crazy. We've oh. got to relax with these sin bins. We are so quick to just go bang straight away. All because of a dive, pretty much. Like it was a dive. I just unbelievable. Un we we gotta relax on how quick we are to sin bin people. Um, anyway, let's get to the Broncos and uh, Titans. Um, Titans first half was absolutely phenomenal. I loved the Titans oh. first half. Fodder Waker was outstanding. The whole team was outstanding, and I was sitting there going. Wow, this t this is a top eight side right now. Aggressive, like I hadn't really seen a Titans team play like this. They were angry, aggressive, in your face. Um, I thought their first half was outstanding. I thought Fodawaker had one of the best games I've seen him play outside of maybe his good Origin game, but nearly two hundred meter or basically two hundred meter, sixty two post contact, thirty three tackle breaks. I thought for feeder was big, one hundred seventy three meters, four tackle breaks, a line break, line break assist, thirty three, thirty six oh. tackles. Um, you know, so first half, outstanding for the Titans. Then second half rolls around and they just, I don't know, I, I, did they rest on their laurels? I, I'm not sure, but they just weren't the same team in the second half, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, we look at the... And I, don't get me wrong, I know this happened before the Simbin. They conceded two tries, but we look, you just mentioned, Kempi, they don't realise the impact of Simbins on a game. Look no further than, than Tino going down in, in this one when he went off for his 10, 61st minute. Then they conceded three, two or three tries in the 10 minutes that he was off the field. Like, mm. that's what it does. Mm. They were awesome in that first half. I, 
I didn't feel sorry for the Titans because, you know, they didn't dig in in the second half, even with a Simbin there. You know, it's not the end of the world, a Simbin, but that was the first three tries were against the run of play, mm. off like deflections or scooped up balls or whatever. That dagger on half time on them, that broke the point oh. of their hearts. Yep. Like, could so easily have gone the other way. Yep. Awesome game of footy to watch. This oh, was great. exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. So what's crazy, so Broncos had 40 tackle breaks compared to Titans 19, and um, <laughs> Titans missed 40 tackles compared to the Broncos 19. Mm. Like So just it shows you, you know, we talk often about that Broncos forward pack and just uh, even the team, their explosive ball running, it's tough to handle. So uh, it's the exact same, not the exact same, but very similar to the Broncos' performance that have been put up over the last month, isn't it? You're like, mm. they, I know they... You know, got towed up last week, but they won. But you wouldn't feel great about it, would you? Oh no way! Yeah. This is—it's been like the ever since the Pen, the Panthers win. But even, so, where, even when they got away late, and, and there was sort of you see them getting excited again and yep. carrying on like they're king of the world and that. But oh. it's like, well, you know, things could have been very different in this game. Well, this is their opening sets. This is what the Broncos did. First set down. They throw a silly offload out the back. We lose the ball. This is the Broncos' first set. Second set down there, we decide to run the ball um, on the last, and then we throw a forward pass. Then the third set down there, um, same happens again. So our first three sets down there is in like in their in good ball. We didn't complete, and it's just like, oh my god, man! Like, like even in this win. 73% completion rate. It's just like, boys, you, we know the answer. We know the answer. Anyway, I don't want to be too negative because they're mm. on top of the table. Put 40 points they on. They put 40 points, 43 points on. But it's just because, like, if they can sort that out, they will challenge for a premiership. You just want to see yourselves win win 18-6 at 85% completion Yeah, I would love it. Because, like, this roster, we need to make the most of it. We're about to lose Flegler. We're about to lose Farnworth. You know, I just... It's a oh, it's a special roster. When they get it going, when Reese Walsh turned it on in the second half, just going, holy shit, who's going to stop this side? But they just haven't put it together for 80 minutes all season long. Um, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable um, second half from uh, Reese Walsh. Uh, with the Titans though. Even though they got beaten 43 to 26, I think they could take a lot of confidence out of that. That first half was outstanding. Mm. It was outstanding. Um, they, absolutely, they can. You know, Still without Brimo there. Yeah. Bit light on. They Some, some good enough signs from the Titans this season. Oh, I, I think so. I really do. They, they're looking better than they've looked in previous seasons, in my opinion. Um, and on the ladder, they are sitting one win outside the... No, they're sitting on eight points. So they're equal... Uh, on on wins to all the way up to number to fifth on the ladder. Very tight. So yeah. like they've put themselves in a position to challenge. They had the a buy, but they're on eight points. They're on eight points. Um, you know, so they've put themselves in a position to challenge mm. for for the eight. So that's good. I'm really loving Fafita's footy this year. I'm I, I'm really liking his footy. He, he he's getting through the tough stuff. He you know yeah okay. Does he have a million tackle breaks and a thousand tries? No, but. He's just, he's almost, the they're le he's leading from the front. You know what I mean? They're getting behind him in regards to, well, if Fafita's doing this, we need to get behind him. Well, question, so, sorry, he's yeah. clearly loving his footy because on mm. captain's run, he sounded happy. Yeah. He sounded like the happiest person on this planet. It was, yeah, he it was, was inter very interesting. Yeah, he's been, we even question like, 
before he'd signed his contract at the start of the year, oh, he was having a crack, well, probably because he's playing for a contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, as soon as he signs his contract, let's see if his runs drop off. They've like increased. He's going harder. Yeah, agreed. He's getting better and better each week. Like 15 runs, 173 metres against the big Broncos forward pack. Four tackle breaks, line break, line break assist. Queensland, you've got to slot him in, don't they? He, I, think he, I think he makes that bench. He's just too explosive. You, you look at like... What did the opposition not want you to do? And it's picked Dave for feeder on the bench. Yep. Doesn't have to be the 80-minute edge man. Play him 30 minutes off the bench if you need to. And just yep. bring him on and go ham. Well, oh. I mean, I've got to say, like, I, I do think Kurt Catewell might be under a bit of pressure to keep his spot. Absolutely. Um, you know, he, he was solid on the weekend. But I, I just think that, you know, he, he's, I think he started the year well. But last year he had quite a few missed tackles. I know he had, it was needed a shoulder reconstruction, so that plays into it. But I'm just... I don't know. What I love about Kate Well is he's just a battler. Like, mm. and, and the amount of times he does cover tackles, and that's what keeps him in the side. But with, with um, the Queensland's forward pack becoming so stacked, something's got to give somewhere. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But what's, the thing with Kate Well, though, is he's such an origin player, though. He's the kind of guy that can play okay at club, but then he goes to another level of origin. And he's... His utility value to that side's massive. Massive, too. massive. Being I mean, slotted in the centre. Because he slotted in the centre that year. He when picked was, as a starting yep. centre, not just like mid-game injury. Yep. Um, so, yeah, anyway, the Titans, I, I think they can take a lot out of it. Yeah, yes, they leaked far more points than they should. I just think that Tino sin bin hurt them. Was it a sin bin? Oh, I thought it was a bit of a tough call, if I'm being honest. I really did. Because, so so the, the, the ref's argument was... He'd made three infringements in one play. Was that it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Because like well, he was, off, I think he was offside, and then he held, he laid in the ruck or something like. Like it was clearly yeah. a penalty. Yeah. I just don't know if it was ten in the bin. I just that's I good. Just three infringements in front in one play. More than two in one play. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would love to know if it was it was there was more to it. But from more look, I understand what the the. The ref was thinking, because mm. it was like, Tino is so obviously trying to slow the ruck down and the Broncos have momentum. Yeah. It's almost bordering professional foul. But I'm just like... That might have been the third infringement professional foul. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, I don't know. Uh, look, 50-50 call. 50-50 yeah. call. Um, I still think the Broncos go on to win it, though. Uh, so, yeah, great first half. If I'm, if I'm the Titans, I'm scrapping that second half and I'm going and focusing on the first half. Uh, onto the Broncos quickly. Uh, before we move on, uh, I thought Jordan Ricky, especially to start the game, he did a really good kick chase that I mm. loved. He um, ragdolled Campbell back into the field of play, um, and get you know what? He scored and he got up and he just walked back to halfway. Yes, he listens to the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, he must. No, but I, I like that. That's because, awesome, yeah, honestly. Because he's so like, look at the, look at his like he had a try, he had a repeat set or with that. He ran for a hundred meters. Three tackle breaks, 30 tackles, two misses. That's a great knock. Yeah. It's a great knock from Ricky. And it's like what I said earlier in the year. If he, if he just keeps doing this, it'll build and build and build. And before he knows it, he'll be a top, top tier back rower in the comp. He just has to keep doing this. Yeah. That's all, like, it, it is, you know, he had three one-on-one tackles. Um, oh, I loved his attitude to start the game. I really did. Aggressive, doing the little stuff right. All that other stuff will come. Payne House, we know how great he is. Um, yeah. Anyone? I, I, unfortunately, we're going to have to go real quick here, guys, because I, I actually might have to leave Maddie and Timmy to, to bloody to bloody end the hell. potty. 
Sorry, guys. I have to get out of here. Um, I didn't know we'd... I thought we'd be way shorter without the great Gurino here. We'll get there, mate. We'll get there. Um, Reese Walsh, second half. Holy heckers. He just... Just with Reese, I just think that... Just, like, he is a top... Right now, he's a top-tier fullback form-wise. Mm. But to take that next step into origin, there's just a few tiny things in his game I think he needs to clear up. Once he clears that up, he genuinely will step into that top tier of fullback. Yeah. Boys, we've uh, really got to rush through the end of this podcast, but also Brennan P. Cura was decent in Q Cup on the weekend. <laughs> 25 minutes off the bench, four runs, two tackle breaks. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, what do you reckon about Reese? Do you think he's... Well, it was, it was interesting. Billy Slater, I, I saw... Um, Indirectly, uh, via another source, but uh, did Slater come out with a quote at one point and say that Walsh certainly a target for the future, but didn't mm. really allude to this year? Mm. And again, maybe we're looking too much into it, but uh, more of a probably not just yet in, in his eyes for Origin. Mm. I I don't know, like uh, like KP's your one. If he's no good, I think if Brimson's fit, he's your next in line. Bloody hell, he's got to be getting close if, if we yeah. go after that. But I, I think for now, you know what? You could slot him in easily. He's a freak. Yeah. But I also think full season of hopefully stays fit yeah. and injury-free, you know, play for some finals this year for the Broncos if they can get there, on track to obviously build that experience, and then next year you find a spot for him. Yeah, it. agreed. And that's what I mean. He just If he just has a season just around <laughs> his game fully out, like I know it's a tiny thing, but it's like, the small little error at the end where he just like lost the ball. Mm. Like these are those little moments that you just can't, you don't see Teddy having them. Exactly. You know, you don't see, um, you know, KP doesn't usually have that kind of stuff. And this is, if once he sorts that out, I, I would already have him as a top five form fullback, but I think we can all agree he wouldn't be in the top tier of fullback right now, like Teddy, Tommy, Trell. Mm. It's like that JMK argument on form. Mm. I think he's probably the form fullback in the NRL. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't mean he's in the top five fullbacks in the NRL, but he's, I think he's the form fullback. Yeah, him and Dylan Edwards probably. Dylan Edwards has been killing it. Um, and so I think that if he, is he does a full year and he, he just rounds his game out, I do believe that next year he could take a step into that. Get him into the camp all yep. three games, even if for a couple of days, yeah. experience it, learn about that Queensland culture. Yep. Yep, absolutely. What do you reckon, Matty? Yeah, so I just went and looked back at the... So Slater pretty much said that he wouldn't rule Reese Walsh out, but it was more about Ponga. Like, the ball's kind of in Kalen Ponga's court at the moment when it comes to Queensland origin. Say Ponga isn't ready, and, like, who knows if he will be. Um, if I was a Queensland selector, I would... Well, coming from a Blues fan, I'd be pretty worried if, if Walsh was, was fullback. Like, I think he'd be a really good pick. At the moment, it's kind of out of him and... um. The hammer, I guess, and I'd, I'd probably lean towards Walsh at the moment. Um, but yeah, if Pong is fit and ready, I'm, and he's played two or three games, then I'm definitely 100% picking Pong, no doubt. Reese Walsh's attack, though. <laughs> I'd go Walsh ahead of Hammer. It's a tough one. It's a tough one because Hammer's been there and done it. Yeah, I'd probably go Walsh. I'd probably, oh, depends what the game plan was. But I'd probably go Walsh. Yeah. Um, but as I said, I think right now, one or two form fullbacks in the comp, but I wouldn't have him in the top tier of fullback when you go Teddy, Trell, Tommy. 
But I think if he keeps on this trajectory, next year we will have him in that top tier of fullback. You'll say Teddy, yeah. you'll say Trell. On track, you'll say, yeah. but need to do it over time. Needs to do it over time, for sure, for sure. And in, and in big, big games. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, anyway, I better bounce, boys. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Um, we'll quickly do our – I'll quickly do my tips for next week. What do you buy sports bet, guys? Um, okay, South Sydney Rabbitohs, Panthers, I'm going Panthers. Uh, Broncos, Eels, I'm going uh, – Eels, Broncos – I'm going Broncos. Bulldogs, Sharks, I'm going Sharks. North Queensland, Knights, I'm going Knights. Get on the Knights. Um, and then Dolphins, Titans, I am going to go Titans. Tigers, Manly, I'm going Manly. Uh, and also, great win for the Raiders. <laughs> Just to let Timmy know. Great Just as you take Raiders, off. Great win for the day. Anyway, I'll leave the show in the, the, the great hands of the guys. And I'll, uh, I'll see you all next week. I'll go fuck myself. Thank you. So... Been handed the keys to the kingdom of the Bloke in a Bar podcast, the biggest podcast in Australia. I'm here with Maddie the Waterboy. Maddie will continue on. Kempy's taken off to, I don't know, do something with Nico Hines or someone. I don't know. Raiders 20, Dragons 14. Brought to you, as always, by Bloke in a Bar. The best beer in Australia. It's not hoppy. It's just a good, it's a good session ale, Maddie. It's a good session ale. Mm. You drink it with your mates. You get up for your mates. The Canberra Raiders. Now, mate, Jared Croker. Yep. The heart and soul of this club. Is there a world where he is the centre for the Blues this season? <laughs> <laughs> wow. This, you, you dead and goes for two seconds <laughs> and the agenda start rolling in. <laughs> mate, I was thinking we should, we, could, we should just sit here and, re- and review Guru's wedding. Oh, why don't we just why don't we do that instead of watching the games? See record hits. Um, I tell you what, in all seriousness about Jared Croker, I hope he gets to three hundred games this year. Oh, that like hey, if there's anyone that deserves three hundred games, it's it's Jared Croker for sure. It was Maddie. Look, as a Raiders fan, it was it was a. It was a bit of a dog of a game, this one. The, yeah. there, there was, I was sat there at halftime and I was punching out notes for it and I thought, really good defensive efforts from both sides, particularly the, the, the online, the goal line defence was terrific. Yep. But then I sort of sat back and went, mm, was the goal line defence good or was the attack very clunky? Now, look, the Raiders got the job done, but it was, it was a gritty win, but it wasn't good viewing. What do you make of it? Yeah, look, Oh, I just, out of habit, I just like went to Denon's camera. There's just no one there. Um, yeah, look, that first half, so I, was so, I was so keen. Sit down, watch um, the two o'clock games back on Sunday. Absolutely love it. The first half wasn't the most exciting. Well, the whole game wasn't that exciting, but the first mm. half was, was pretty scrappy. There was, both teams were just guilty of errors, basically the whole game. Um, I mean, the Dragons completing at 63% is just... You can't you can't win games of NRL like completely like that. The Raiders seventy three. Defensively, yeah, you're right. It was it was good, and even even Tatau Moga's try in the the only try of the first half, like that wasn't because the Raiders had a like poor defense. They had five goals in him. Tatau Moga just showed his strength. Um, yeah, I don't. I think the Raiders because they had a couple of close losses to start the year. They they just needed to get the win. They just needed to get the two points. Um, so I guess they'd be happy they did that, but their performance, yeah, I don't think Ricky Stewart will be, will be extremely stoked with that. 
as we basically went to air today, and I'm surprised we hadn't spoken about it earlier on, but reported reports coming out that Jackie White has retired yeah, let's from speak about rep that. football, which I could not believe. Yep. I'm pretty speechless about it, mate. I have no answers to why it's happened. Uh, you know, obviously, only reportedly at the moment, but sounds like it's happening. Can you, can you make any sense of it? Yeah, it's, it's um, as a Blues fan, I'm Devo. I'm Devo because, as I said earlier in the show, I did, I think I said it on air, I did my predicted Blues team for this year and Whiten was in it. And I know there was, re- uh, like, reports on the weekend, but I was like, all right, just assuming. To me, he's straight up in that 17. You just got to find a spot for him somewhere. Did you have him on the bench? Yeah, he was my number 14. Yeah, 100%. I, I think it's going to be massive loss for New South Wales because he's just, he's one of those blokes that are just made for origin. He's built oh. for origin. Even if, you know, he's a great 5A, but even if he's not the best in the NRL at all of his, at, you know, any, any position, he's in like the top handful in so many positions. He's a gun fullback, gun center, gun 5'8", Great utility, like just built for origin, just just tough as nails. Um, I don't understand why. Like I'm sure it'll come out this week, but yeah, I, I I can't make any sense of it myself. It's one of them ones where I just I hope, and we we should, but get clarity on it and don't sit there. Like Jack, Jack will come out and I'm sure speak about why he's made the decision, but. Yeah. To me, it doesn't make any sense, and, and I'm gutted from a Blues perspective because, look, he's not the informed 5'8 in the competition, but as you said, he gets up to origin level and he kills it every year. His versatility for us yeah. goes so, so far. He's the perfect bench player for origin. and yeah. then, But even not, like last year, he played centre. He hasn't played centre in the NRL for years. He was the best New South Wales Blues player in game one. Now, game two, he got COVID. Game three, he didn't get picked. And, like, I understand the... Um, the criticism of not picking him, but that's with hindsight. The Blues did smack Queensland in game two, so I understand why they wouldn't change the team. Whether or not, what do you agree? But regardless, Wyden would have been in my Blues team this year, and yeah, I'm yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty spilling as a as a Blues fan for sure. Absolutely. Anyway, good for the Raiders because we'll get him through that origin period. So there, there's a win for the Green Machine fans, but devastating for the Blues, and I just can't make any sense of it, but we'll find out more about it soon. Uh, back onto the Raiders, quickly yep. made in that game. I think a, a fair shout-out to Sebi Chris, who was yeah. thrust into a spot out of position this year at fullback. I don't know if he pulled on a number one jumper in his entire career, but he was outstanding in this game. I think he threw a pass for a try at one point, 185 metres again. But his positioning at fullback was a lot better. He'd been caught out a couple of times this season, but he was really, really good. He dropped a ball on late in the game, but uh, I think credit went due. He was terrific, and he's had a couple of really good weeks uh, on the trot. So big one there, mate. Who's anyone stand out for you at the Raiders? Yeah, uh, well, and just on that, Xavier Savage returned last week to New South Wales Cup. He, he was named on the wing. I don't really, I didn't see any of the game. I don't know the highlights, he, but. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Savage comes back into the NRL team next week, especially now that unfortunately Kotrick, well, Kotrick's oh. gotten injured again, which is just devastating because I'm. It was a hamstring, right? So we don't really like yeah. he could be out for quite a while, which is uh, terrible news for the Raiders. But yeah, you'd expect Savage to come in. Will Chris play full uh, play fullback next week? I don't know. Yet you're right. I did I did the research on um, Chris before the season and he played I think one reserve grade game at fullback mm. and yeah so what, what, do you, what do you reckon will happen if Savage comes back in is oh. he to go straight into fullback I think he has to yeah I just 
and I think the the game was an example on the week. I thought Seb Chris had comfortably his best game at fullback. I know he ran for three hundred meters the other week. This game was better. It, it was better, better as a fullback. But it's like the Teddy versus Manu mm, argument, or yeah. not argument. It's like okay, probably a bad example because Manu is actually like such a gun. Yeah. But when Manu like the Roosters miss Teddy because of all the other things he can do, not just run for all those meters against the storm. So it's it's obviously fullbacks not just about running. 300 metres a game. And that's it. Like, this Raiders side, there's not a lot of X factor. There's not a lot of spark in it. A lot of what we do is off the back of a big dominant forward pack. But we saw on the weekend, mate, we, we struggled to put points on the board. I know there was 20-odd there, but there was the Hudson Young runaway try at the end, which one of the most exciting things I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Oh, that was, that was but sick. we need Xavier's X factor and speed. Yep. Like, their ball playing's coming along. My question is, that on top of that, Seb Chris probably has to go back to centre, which probably pushes Jared Croker out of the side. Mm. Maybe Sebby Chris comes back on the wing. That, that could be the answer there to fill in for Nick Kotrick. Uh, but I hope it doesn't see Jared Croker drop out. Because there was a moment on the weekend, which I was like, this just typifies Jared Croker and what he means to this side. Not the fastest bloke in the team, not the strongest bloke in the team. But there's eight minutes to go. Jack Bird, there's a bit of scattered play, and Jack Bird put a grubber in. Going across the field, under the post, Benny Hunt was flying through. Who was there from the other side of the field to sweep up? Mm. Jared Croak. I'm like, this is what he brings to this team. Yeah, and just on that, do you reckon, because Chris has been playing fullback and, like, obviously he's returning the ball fucking heaps because he's making all these metres, do you reckon the easy option is just to put him on the wing for that reason as well? Probably, and that's it. Because his yardage has been such a big part of his game at fullback, it's yeah. been his best factor. You can do it from the wing. You can do it from the wing as well. So maybe that's, maybe that's the play. Yeah. Uh, mate, the Dragons, look, it wasn't pretty viewing, but they almost got away with the game there. Tao Tao Moga, well, we spoke about him before and what a mm. career resurgence it's been for him, you know, off the back of three, four a a ACLs, whatever it's been. Um, I do, th like, there was a period there where they defended the Raiders four sets on the trot. They went back to back to back, repeat sets and got third. So good enough signs in terms of grit in defence. Their just attack looks so clunky. They, they weren't playing direct. They There's so much reliance on Benny Hunt to pull things out of his ass for this yeah. side. And, and Benny had a crack again, but it, it wasn't great viewing. It was one of those games, like, you, you, you go, I'm just remembering the game and looking at the name, like, looking at the Dragons. A bunch of players had a crack. Like, Sloan had a very decent crack he last did night. Yeah, yeah. Tatsai Moga was great. Obviously, Benny Hunt's Benny Hunt. Like, all these players, like, had a, but they just, it just didn't look clean like they didn't look oh. right together and it, and it is it was frustrating to watch and that's just as, as a neutral fan yeah so i mean they can they can bounce back from it the drags but uh, you know it was, it was almost one that both clubs will be putting a bit of a line through mm. jack bird had some very dangerous moments there, there are a couple of errors in there but i like jack bird on the edge jack de bellin at lock i think deb's ball playing as a 13 is very valuable to this side and i just think the bit of agility of, of bird on the edge very, very good. Yeah, bit of strike out wide. And as we see with Dragons, like, they've got so much strike out wide. Like, because if they put Bird, Sewell was always destructive. Then you got, you know, they've probably got arguably top three centre pairings in the comp with Zach Lomax and Moses Sully when they're on. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I like Jack Bird on the bench. It just it kind of rounds out the team, I think, a little bit better. Mate, moving on to the final game of the round. That was the Eels and the Doggies. Eels putting 30 on in this one. 30-4 out at Combank Stadium. Look, 
I don't think it answered too many questions about Parramatta for us this season because no. the poor old doggies, mate, they can't take a treat. Jacob Kiraz, about four, five, ten minutes into the game, yep. gone there, adding to the, the injury rows there. Like their pack has been absolutely shot. A, a tough one for the dogs, but again, mate, they're playing with a reserve grade squad at the moment. They, they've lost Kiraz now. He's gone for three weeks. Fox is already out of yeah, that I'll, side. I'll, I'll run you through the um the list so Braden Burns he's on he's on a week to week basis, Fundamento Brown he dislocated his elbow a few weeks ago, Andrew Davis finger obviously here as you said Franklin Pele he's, I think he broke his arm, the Fox, uh, Luke Thompson he's out to around sixteen kick out he did his pec, um, Beyonde Odo he's injured from last year, and Avarillo so it's like what do you do? What do you do? They've just been absolutely decimated. So how good is this? We touched on last week, despite all the doggies' injuries, their injury toll, that their New South Wales Cup side were leading the comp. Mm. They beat Eels 28-6 on the weekend. In reserve grade? In Reggie's. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. How good is that? The thing about the dogs, and look, it's hard to, it's hard to be critical because they're, they're so decimated. But if you go back to the Good Friday game against Rabbitohs, they conceded three tries at the back end of the first half, like in really quick succession. And then they conceded five tries in the back end of the second half in really quick succession. Then this week against the, the Eels, the first 20, it was, it was nil all, blah, 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 end to end kind of stuff. Well, not end to end, but like it was nil all. Mm. And then Eels just went bang, bang, bang. Tries in quick succession. And again, it's so hard to be critical because like they're, they're playing with not, not even close to their full strength team, yep. but... I guess that's one thing with the dogs, like once they get on the back foot, they seem to concede back-to-back tries, which uh, is something Serato will probably be focusing on. But other than that, it's, it's just, it's so hard to be critical of the doggies. They're just, oh, yeah. It is. Gerald Skelton was one that I thought might have come in for the Fox this week. Been killing it in reserve grade. Big boy, big meter eating winger. He ran for 253 metres in reserve grade, 85 post-contact metres, 12 tackle breaks. So yeah. they went with Ockenbohr, but with, like they said, there's still the injury cloud around Braden Burns, who missed out originally, but Skelton, we could get a glimpse of him this week. Yeah, I think, I think he becomes a bit more relevant this week. They, ideally, they probably wouldn't play him this early, but he's killing it in New South Wales Cup. You just read out their stats. I saw a video of him before. He's so destructive. Yeah. He's just big and, oh, yeah. Big and powerful. Um, so it'll be interesting to see Teamless Tuesday tomorrow if he gets a sniff. Mate, one that I thought did step up in his first game back for, I believe it was the season, was TPJ. Tevita Pangai yep. Jr. He played 47 minutes, probably forced to play maybe a few extra because of the injuries in the side. But TPJ, 15 runs for 121 metres. He had a couple of tackle breaks, six offloads in that time. Oh. There was also a play there where TPJ, of all people, flew across from the middle, went short side, threw a cut ball to, I think it was Ockenbohr, who they very, very nearly could have scored if Ockenbohr, if it stuck in the hands. But TPJ, in a time where they're lacking middles, a really good return for him. Yeah, and yeah, as you said, they really need him. But it's just, it's so good to see him because he's been, he's been out for so long. Um, just to put in a performance where he, he just got through a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of work. So... Yeah, good good return for, for TPJ. Mate, uh, anyone else at the dog? I mean, Avrilo was the other one. Avrilo played on one yeah. leg in that game. So yeah, he's, he's... I feel good just tweeted about it. Uh, 
there's there's not much word on like how long he'll be out for. He could he could be back this week, oh. but um, it's 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 not ideal. Poor uh, Tigers. Yeah, it's it sucks. Um, as for other people, like it's good to see Jacob Preston, um, have some good moments again. He looked great. Yeah, Jesus goer. Um, I thought Flanagan had a pretty good game as well, to be honest. Oh, I tell you what, I, what I will say. I know Burton is like, obviously he's a gun. He's not playing his absolute best. But what what I like to see, especially from a half, is a player that, even when you're behind on the scoreboard, is just is is still there and about and like patient enough and willing to try and get you out. So so for example, like against the the Eels or yesterday. Uh, he set up Alamotti's try against the Rabbitohs the week before. They're down by heaps. Everything's going against him. He takes that intercept. Or, yes, he had errors as well that game. The the, penalty, the mm. kick to touch it didn't go out, blah, blah, blah. But it's just good to see like a half that isn't just doing things when their team's ahead on the scoreboard. Oh, mate, he, he took on the line late in the game. I can't remember he caught short. But caught him short, dummied, went through line break, got taken down by, I believe, it was Gutho. And exactly right, mate. Just a competitor. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you love about him, and that's what, that's why I think he'll be in and amongst the discussions around Origin selection for game one. I don't know if if he, um, if he'll be picked, but yeah, he's 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 definitely in the picture for me. Hey, going across from the doggies to Parramatta mm. on still touching on Matt Burton. I love the ploy just to get those towering torp bombs oh. over and over and over again. Gutho didn't look like dropping one. Oh, he's so safe. You can so have all safe. the X factor in the world that you want. Mm. But when Gutho is sitting there diffusing every one of them, and he didn't look like dropping it. No, not once. And it, Birdo smoked a few of them. Yeah. Like, Birdo's putting that up to fucking Neptune. And Gutho, yeah, this whole that whole X factor thing was just... I, I know, I like, when you really look, listen to the quotes, like, you understand what they they are trying to do. They're just trying to get, you know someone in their back line with a bit of X factor. It's just, it was worded terribly, like that he, he could potentially replace yeah, Gutho. Yeah. Like that just was so unnecessary to say because it just caused this whole storm. Obviously that's not what they actually meant because unless you're Tommy Turbo or Latrell or whatever, you're not gonna, you're not gonna replace, oh. or, te, or te, uh, Teddy, you're not gonna replace um, Gutho. But yeah, it, I'm pretty sure as well, I don't have the stat in front of me because I can't get year to year, but he's constantly topping the, Stat when it comes to try saves as well, Gutho yeah. always saving tries. He's just always he's just always has a crack. He has one of the biggest tickers in the NRL. One of oh, like, plays with such ticker. He yeah, Gutho. I absolutely absolutely love Gutho. So good on Parramatta, as I mentioned before. <laughs> I don't think we learn a lot about them because of the sort of the side that the doggies, you know, continuously getting injured. Like definitely under strengths. 53% of the possession, 70% completion rate. They run for 500 metres more than the doggies in this one. So, mm. look, while I have my my doubts still over them, they went out, they won a game 30-4, to four, conceded one try, which was off a kick. Result-wise, you can't ask for a lot a lot more, can you? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, again, you're, you're, you're only playing what you're up against and... The thing with the Eels this year is I think that's their only game where the result hasn't been decided by eight points or less. So that's wins yeah. or losses. So with a depleted Doggies team, they really needed to come out and make a bit of a statement. And sure, they weren't like absolutely amazing, but they did exactly what they needed to do on the day. So, 
Yeah. Kempi mentioned before, Regan Campbell Gillard was in hospital during the week for something, carrying on oh. there, came out and was just enormous. Just his line speed was terrific, the enforcer. Mate, he was a big standout for me. I've got a so. question for you. Yeah. So let's assume New South Wales run with four front rowers. Is it Campbell Gillard any shout for you? I think so. Mm. I mean, like what, what you'll have. Payne Haas and Junior Barlow starting up front. Yeah. I've got Campbell Gillard in my rotation. Did yeah. you have him in your side today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on my bench. And uh, my bench players were I, I'd either Jake Trevojevic starting or Paulo starting. Or sorry, Junior Barlow starting. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have Regan if we let him on. He's just, like, just things like that. And then, and then, so what, you'd have Isaiah Yo at 13. Did you have Murray on the edge or coming off the bench in the middle rotation? No, I had Murray on the edge with Olakowatu slash Liam Martin. This all depends on if Martin's mm. injured or not. Um, yeah, yeah. But one of those, either Liam Martin or Olakowatu, if it would be on. Mate, we'll wrap it up there. I think we, we've taken the reins pretty well here. Hopefully, Kempi hasn't sacked both of us when he puts this on tonight. <laughs> done all right. I think we did good. We let's let's do our um let's do our tips. Ah, tips for next week. Yeah, you know what? I'll because uh, I got the odds in front of me. Fire so away. give me one moment. All right. So Thursday night we got the Rabbitohs two dollars sixty up against the Panthers one dollar fifty at Acor Stadium. Line is six and a half. I am going Rabbits, Timmy. I'm going the Panthers. Mm. Is that like bias or you you genuinely backing them? See. Here's the thing. I I know it is bias, but it's not like throwing shit at a wall bias. It's <laughs> I'm so biased that I I see I find reasons to think why Rabbitohs are going to win each week. So I I rarely tip against them. Now, I did tip Penrith in week the first week in round 2, I think it was, against South. Not on this show, just in my tipping comp. Um but this week I'm genuinely tipping South. I think yeah, I, 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 mate, I don't hate. It. I'm tipping Penrith for sure, yeah. but Panthers on the five day turnaround as well. Yep, yeah, that played Tough a part. Tough game against the Knights. Went to um, overtime. Go to top, golden point. Golden point. Overtime. Not bloody in the NBA here. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I can understand it. But I'm Penrith for me. Uh, yep. What else? You then got? we got uh, Friday night. We got Para versus the Broncos. Broncos are 160. Eels are 235. Eels home game. It's in Darwin though. In Darwin, yes. So. Mm. Yeah. It's I, I, yeah. Yeah. I've gone prior to saying it was Darwin, I was like the Sydney game. I'm I backed Parramatta even as outsiders. And you know what? I'll stick by them. The side they've got now, Maddo a couple of games back or three games back from, from missing the start of the season due to that suspension. Mm. Sean Lane's two games back. They started Hopgood, which I thought was fantastic on the weekend with RCG and Ballow up front. Missing Hodro on the weekend as well. He was ill. He should be back into that. That park is outstanding. It's one of them games where I think Brad Arthur will come out and go, let's put the Broncos in their place. Big game for us. Let's show this competition what we've got again. Yeah, you know what's funny? I am tipping Para as well. Yeah. I, yeah, all those reasons. Man, Madison coming back has been, been a difference, hasn't he? Yeah. He's been good. Uh, so then we got Sharkies versus Doggies. Saturday, oh, sorry, there's only one Friday game because Vanzac Day. Mm. Bulldogs versus Sharks. Bulldogs $4.50, Sharks $1.20. I am going Sharks. Hard to go past the Sharks. This would be a huge win from the Dogs if they can get up with those players out. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what line have you got for that game? 12 and a half. I'm taking the, 
I'm taking the Sharks to cover the line as Me well. Me too, yeah. This How's one's on? interesting. This one's interesting. Mm. Cowboys, $1.71 versus Newcastle Knights, $2.15 oh. in Townsville. <clears throat> I'm going Newcastle. No Tamalolo as well. And Jacob Saifidi's coming back, I'm pretty sure. And KP might be and back. And KP's back. Or might be back, yeah. Oh. And it's like, even though there might be a bit of hesitancy or like, um, you know, be a bit standoffish KP on return like it's a concussion it wasn't an injury as such like he's not really restricted in movement put it that way yeah I man this is tough I was going to go cows not comfortably but I was happy to go them with Tamalolo but him out now I reckon it's one of them backs against the wall games where the Cowboys say boys we have to win there's still enough talent in that roster I think cows get the job done. Yes, that's why I went cows last week. Um, obviously not on the Monday show, but by Friday I changed. But yeah, just just, just didn't happen. Um, so yeah, interesting. It will come one week. So yeah. hopefully for them it's this week. But yeah, I'm, I'm going Knights. Then we got on Sunday, 2 p.m. Another good game. Dolphins, $1.74. Gold Coast Titans, $2.10. I'm actually going to go Titans on this one. I'm going Titans with you. Especially yeah. Brimo's a good chance to return. If he comes back yeah. there... Dolphins still missing a few. Kenny Bromwich likely to sit out. What he's in one week. Yeah, he, he's, he's taking in. the uh, he's taking the play. Yeah, uh, the Titans have got so many points in them. 100. Interesting game. Titans who can't defend, but a lot of attack. Dolphins whose attacks okay, but very resilient defensive. It'll be good game. Yeah, keen as. Uh, then we got Sunday four pm. West Tigers three dollars twenty five up against Manly a dollar thirty five. Tough to go past Manly after what they dish up against Melbourne. Yeah, pretty confident on Manly. If the Tigers weren't fresh off the bye, I'd say that Manly put a cricket score on them. I still think yeah. they may, but fresh off the bye, it's a big, big bonus. What's uh, what's the line at? The line uh, line for that is nine and a half. Don't mind that for Manly. Yeah, me too. I Also, with the bye, the only one team has lost off the bye this year, and that was Penrith. So Who knocked them off? It was, it was very tight. I think it was Para. Para knocked them off. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, then we've got the next two games, but those are on Tuesday, so I think we'll save them for, for next Monday. Monday potty. Kenaz, i tell you what we'll do. I'll text Guru, see what his tips are, but if he beats us, I just won't put him in. Yeah, good share. So, yeah, I think we are done there. Grab a case of bloke in a bar this weekend. The midi's beautiful. The lag is beautiful. Turn up for your mates. Turn up for your family. Turn up for good times. Just head to your local bottle shop. Head to our website, you'll find the stockers where you can get a case or a six pack of bloke midi, bloke lager. It is absolutely beautiful. I was having them on Saturday night. Incredible stuff. Timmy, I think we're done. Jeez, mate. Kemp, will be happy with you, you little kiss ass. Yeah, we <laughs> are, mate. We're absolutely done. So, as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. <laughs> what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.